0: a certain topic i want to talk about today but we've talked about so many topics before we got here uh, yeah
1: we both had a lot to talk about that we're not going to talk about on the show (laughs) that's a private matter but one of those one of those days where i go i go oh yeah today i was like oh cool tuesday we're gonna do an episode so i I can tell sincere all this bullshit
0: (laughs) (laughs) right it's like it's just days like this like oh you really like, okay, man, you, you think about people that are like, oh my God, I want to have my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be, do this. I want to do that. You think like, okay, uh, you should be here today to see the things that we're going through, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, I want to be a homeowner. I want to do this. Like, Oh, you do. Right. Okay. Cause you know, it all looks so pretty on the outside when it's all refined, but it's just, that whole process is the thing they don't show you. And then right. a lot of people, if they saw the process and actually had a, get their hands dirty during the process. They'd be like, "Nah, this is not for me. It's so much easier just to just show up for work and go home or just, you know, just sit here and just rent or just go live with my parents and not have to deal with all this other stuff. And, and no. it
1: is, it is when, when you're trying to build a business that is astronomically more difficult than working for someone else, no doubt about it. So oh, yeah. it better be something that you actually want to do. Otherwise, you're not going to persevere. You know, I mean, if you're opening a Subway franchise and you have no passion for it, believe even that's going to be a hassle, even with their branding and all that. I mean, when yeah. I started off with Kettlebells, I, I used to drive, I used to go visit my parents in Virginia. I would teach a course there in a fucking park because I couldn't afford to rent out a venue at this point. So it's 20 people in the park swinging kettlebells. And then I would rent a car and my friend Dylan Thomas and I would drive to New York City, teach some courses there. And this is before there were any gyms that had kettlebells. So you had to to make sure that there were kettlebells on site. I mean, it was a real hassle to teach courses when I first started because having enough kettlebells, that was always a concern. Are we going to have enough bells? Are people going to bring their own? Let's incentivize people to bring their own bells so that we don't have to supply as many. But we would drive with twenty kettlebells in the trunk. From- oh, I know, oh, I know how it is.
0: <laughs> you're riding around, you hear that clinking in the back. You make a turn, and all of a sudden you you yeah. hear them rolling in the back. You're like,
1: oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we started getting crates to put the bells in so they wouldn't roll around. You know, we learned from yeah. The you know what? We can't just yep. put twenty bells in the trunk; they're going to be flying around every time <laughs> we turn. We putting, like those milk carton crates, you just put yep, the, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly one so that they're contained. But then you would get to the venue, and it's seven stories up. Now there's an elevator. Ugh. But still, you had, now you got to park in front of it. Un, yeah, you got to the unload. The <laughs> yeah. I mean, and let's just unloading is always
0: easy. Unloading is always harder than than putting them back. Like to unload at a venue, it's so much easier when you have to load up to go home. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things I used to hate. Even by DJ, it's like it's something about having to sit there and unload that equipment at the beginning of a, an event compared to just breaking down and loading up. It's like, you're loading the same stuff back into the very vehicle you took it out of. But it's just something about, you knowing, like, okay, I'm done. I I get to go home after this, or I get to go eat after this. It's something about that. But it's something about when you get to the venue, you unload stuff, you think like, not only do I have to do this, I actually still have to teach. So I I still need to have some energy for that too, you know, for the next six to eight hours. So it's just something about that relief of knowing at the end, when you're loading up, like, all right, I'm done. And one more thing I noticed, though, when you're at the end of a, an event, yeah. you have more volun—you have a lot more volunteers to help you <laughs> load back up after that. Like, where were you guys at 8 o'clock this morning? <laughs> it's like, well, they're there, but they're looking at you load. They, they watch you bringing the kettlebells in or bringing in the DJ equipment. They're just looking. You're like, oh, hey, man. Yeah, looking forward to the course today. Like, okay, you don't want to help? All right. <laughs> it got to the point I was like, hey. You guys want to just help us out, you know, grab some of these oh
1: yeah, 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 sure, sure
0: <laughs> like, yeah, huh, it's not about to be a one or two man operation here <laughs> yeah, man, but uh, yeah, man, so it was crazy, uh, I was talking to my wife, and she asked me a very interesting question last week, and she was just like talking about like of course, like we've talked about a lot of times how you and I, we tend to like to stay home. Unless you're going out to the gym or unless I go to the range or something like that. That's just to get out, clear your head and just, because otherwise we work from home. So, but, you know, and I rarely go out or anything like that because look, man, at the end of the day, like I told her, I I spent half my life going out because that was part of my job. So when it got to the point where it's not part of my career anymore, I'm tapped out as far as just going out. And let's just be honest at this point, whether it's, you know, you brought this up, whether it's, okay, you're eating out, nothing really tastes as good as the food you can make at home. Mostly everything that you go, when you go out to a restaurant, yeah, there are some places that are really good, but there's a problem with them being really good compared to all the ones that are subpar or crappy. The ones that are really good, you end up getting burned out on them because they're the only really good ones. And you go there too often that you get tired of the food after a while. So really nothing truly beats going, you know, eating at home, especially when you know what's going into the food because you're the one that's cooking it so i tend to stay home a lot and really you know every now and then like i said my buddies and i will get together you know we'll meet up and have cigars but of course in this past year a little over a year you know with the pandemic and all that you know for everybody had their reasons that they stayed home or whatever and so we're just now kind of trying to get back into the groove of doing that again but other than that you know i'm i talk to my friends mostly online you know you and i we'll dm each other constantly you know every day or every other day or whatever when we see some things and just kind of like you know yeah. we might see something that's like funny and we'll share with each other or there's something we won't talk about we'll talk about it online um so that being said so she just asked me she's like she said how many friends do you have at this point like how many can you count i was like i said well i can tell you this much when I'm done, I'll still have one free hand that I don't have to count with. <laughs> she goes, Wow. I said, yeah. I said, but you know what? It's a good thing at this point. I said, because I feel like the older you get, that number should decrease yeah. because that's, I mean, you should be able to weed them out. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. So I can actually count on one hand how many people I truly consider good friends, people I can like. Look, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have people that I'm friendly with. You know, I can say, yeah. We're friends per se. It's kind of like having a third cousin. We're related, you know, but, you know, we're not like close, close. Or then there's some cousins I got, like fourth cousin, who I'm cooler with them than my own like first cousin or maybe right. a sibling. So it just depends on what the relationship is like. But for the most part, I always look at it this way. I say, when you truly say a good friend, best friend, however you want to say it, who is that person that you can pick up the phone at three o'clock in the morning if something's going down and say, hey, man. I actually, I need some help, and they're like, "What do you need me to be?" I mean, really think about that. They they don't even ask like, "Hey, what happened to you? What did you do, or anything like that?" They'll just say, "Where where are you? I'm on my way." Okay, and, and then they'll I
1: know who that person's gonna be. I mean, one of my good friends, Alex, who's on my list. He's a real friend of mine since high school. He's he's a flaky guy. He's not so much a flaky guy now because he's a very successful businessman. But when we were in our 20s, he was a bit of a flaky guy, meaning that he would be like, hey, let's do this. And then you never hear from him. But I'll tell you this. One time I ran out of gas, which was completely my fault. I was stupid. I got on the freeway in Virginia and I thought I had enough gas to make it home. (laughs) I didn't even have enough gas to make it to my exit, let alone home. I ran out of gas. And I felt like the biggest idiot. I've never run out of gas ever again because I felt so stupid to be in that situation. Right. That was totally avoidable. But I called a few people that I thought for sure would be, yeah, man, I'll head out there. And they all had excuses for why they couldn't do it. They're like, Oh man, sorry to hear about that. You know, I'm actually busy with something now. I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> and then I called him thinking, you know, he's a flake, but let me call him. And I, I called him and he went to the gas station with a container. He filled it up. He came out within minutes. And yeah. I'll always remember that. I was like, man, he's the guy who showed up. And we're actually yep. really good friends, even now. We're I mean, in fact, we're actually better friends now than we were in high school because in high school we're you know, we're 16. You don't even really know who you are yet. But exactly. as adults, as adults, both of us went on different paths and we're both really successful in what we did. And then we we reconnected actually maybe back in 2013. He came out to Vegas for a visit. And then we've stayed in touch since then because now we have a lot more in common. So it's a lot of times you run into someone you knew in high school or college, and you just reminisce, right? You have nothing new to talk about. Yeah, that's it. You reminisce, and then you talk about what you've been doing since the last time you saw them. And then from there, there's nothing to talk about, and you don't keep hanging out. But with him, we don't reminisce. You know, we don't. Actually, he he did a podcast episode with me where we just talked about business stuff, and maybe two minutes of it was. What, how we knew each other in high school, and some funny story from there. You know, we're way past that. When we hang out now, we're talking about current events, we're not talking about 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, because basically, you're sitting there, you're you're talking about two people who are no longer with us. You know, that's how you have to look at it. I know it sounds morbid, but you're talking about two people, they're dead and gone, dude. They're they're done. They're just, you know, it's just like me talking about two public figures that, you know, who have passed on. Like, you know, they always ask that question, you know, um, you know, what famous person or what, what person who, who died that you would love to have a conversation with today? You know, it's funny how a lot of people bring up celebrities or these public figures, but no one brings up their younger self because guess what? That person's gone. They're gone. They're a memory, you know, and as you get older, they, that memory starts to fade more and more, you know, just, which is eventually What's going to happen to us in real life, you know, once we're gone, you know, you, we, unless we do something truly substantial, something monumental in this life, probably within three or four generations, you know, you're gone, <laughs> you know, from the conversation, you know, and, you know, a lot of people think about it, like, oh, that's sad. It's like, well, you need to do something very substantial that's really going to make an impact in life. So if, they, if you want to be remembered beyond the next two or three generations, that's how I look at it. So, but yeah, just like you, getting back on topic, just like you, like I have like on that, on this one hand, you know, one of my friends is like, we've known each other since preschool. And he's like probably the one person that, I mean, we were good friends. Like, like we didn't go to elementary school together because just like we were just because of certain parts of town that we lived in, you know, we were separated there. But then once we got to middle school again, you know, but the thing was, our, his, the neighborhood he lived in was in the same neighborhood as my uncle, who I would spend a lot of time with, one of my favorite uncles. And so we would still hang out with each other and, and. and Kick it with each other whenever I would come over and visit my uncle because we had a lot of the same interests. We were nerds, you know. And to be a black nerd in the eighties, man, you know that was rare. There's only a few of you, you know. <laughs> so, so once you find one, you stick together, man. You know, we were very much into Star Wars and science fiction. We were in the comic books, but at the same time, yeah, we were in the sports and stuff like that. But at the same time, we like we were in the music, you know. There was one point, you know, we were even like we even had like a little rap group together for a little while there, and so. And then, of course, like we get to high school, we playing sports together, we're on the same team, we're on varsity together, <laughs> playing the same position, so therefore we're training together, we're in the weight room training. You know, we're, we're like, at that time, before we started lifting weights, we were kind of some of the skinniest guys that were on the team. And then it, just took, it was a summer, you know, training with my cousin from New York or whatever, who kind of was really into like prison-style workouts, <laughs> you know. And I just really started seeing just the benefits of like really having a, a true weight training program. And man, over the summer, I started beefing up. And then I brought my buddy Brandon with me. I was like, we started training together, getting up early in the morning, getting to the weight room at the, at the field house and getting there before everyone else to get our program. So we wouldn't would be interrupted and we train each other. And I had all these programs. And then I started getting programs from all these, all these magazines or whatever, and just using those and, you know, started lift, doing powerlifting to style moves. And then right. started adding Olympic weightlifting into the, into the frame. And so, dude, we ended up gaining all this muscle over the summer. And, you know, so, you know, we've had that moment. We went through the crap. It's almost like some people, like, they go to base training, whatever, we were in the the trenches together during that time period, trying to get bigger, you know, like some of the other corn-fed dudes that we we grew up around. So we wouldn't get our asses knocked around like we did when we were in JV. And so, anyway, and then, of course, you graduate, you go to college, you don't see each other. He ends up going to Minnesota or whatever else, and has a whole different life, and then just – one day we're talking about maybe about probably about like maybe six, seven, eight years ago, my wife and I are out, you know, um, just out in this little area called city center. Like you guys have city center out there in Vegas. We have one here in Houston. So we were just hanging out one night, you know, and then he and I run into him. I hear him. He he calls my name. I'm thinking like, who the hell is that? (laughs) You know? And then I look up, it's my boy, Brandon. So it's like, dude, so from there we just kind of reconnected and, Start hanging out. Next thing you know, we both like cigars, and then we we start meeting at the cigar bar, and and there we just had all these conversations talking about life. Again, yeah, we have those reminiscent moments, but mostly we talk about a lot of things that are going on today. We have like just real conversations, and it's really hard, especially when you you live a certain way to have real conversations with people these days, because a lot of people don't want to have real conversations. It, it, people, it's it's even rare, even more rare for people to call themselves friends and have different opinions about things without going off the deep end, you know, without being so attached to their convictions or whatever, instead of just, you know, just at the end of the day saying, you know what? I see your point. I have to agree to disagree. Okay, cool. Somebody, I I feel you. I understand. And then you go on to another topic. That's rare these days now. It sucks. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's so divisive. Everybody's like, Everything's so black and white. You got to choose a side. Either you're this or you're that. There is no in between. Why not? Why not? about that. That, that in betweenism was making your brain function for the most part. That gray matter yeah, two, does two matter.
1: It's where two of my friends. We're all friends at the dog park, and I, I'm not. I, I, I don't consider everyone there a friend of mine, but a few people I, I've actually they've actually been over to my house. We've gone out to dinner, so we're pretty right. friendly. But anyway, there's two guys that are both friends of mine, and they're friends with each other, but they got in this huge heated debate over Israeli-Palestine uh, yeah. situation. I won't waste a lot of time going into that, but it was, it was a situation of what basically what you just said, where you had two yeah. people on totally different sides. One guy was pretty calm, just trying to say, look, here's my point of view. Now, I respect yours, but I have a different of opinion. But the other guy got mad. Now he, he 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 kept trying to get this guy to change his mind and agree with them. And and when he couldn't get him to do that, he stormed off like he's twelve years old. And this guy's <laughs> seventy-eight or something. He stormed off, angry white man. Oh fuck you guys! Started walking away. I was like, oh my god, this reminds me of my dad running after a garbage truck. <laughs> I was like, you angry white guys, you don't get your way, you get all mad. Oh, shit, I was like, look, I was like, first of all, even if you guys agree, who's being helped by that? No one. So don't take no it one. So seriously, man. I mean, someone can have a different point of, and, and also, if we're actually friends, we should be able to share different points of view and not get all butthurt right. about it, not get all angry about it.
0: Right. Especially if you, um... can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, especially if you don't have anything to base it on. I think that's what ends up happening. Most people, their right. arguments suck because they really have nothing based on it other than it's just the way I feel, that type of
2: stuff.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, give me some facts. And then when you start getting facts, I think that's when it, everything starts falling apart for most folks.
1: Well, I mean, one time I was talking to this group about, they were just talking about health issues and all that. And I go, look, you guys all eat factory farm meat. And there's no way you can be healthy eating that. Don't think for a second that there's anything healthy about that. There's no way you can torture animals and cause such harm to them in such inhumane conditions and that you actually end up with some kind of healthy product that's somehow good for you. And it was amazing how people couldn't make that connection, even after I conveyed it very clearly. But, you know, they don't want to make the connection. But at the same time, I didn't get mad at them for not agreeing with me. I just shared my point of view. Right? now? No one tried to argue the opposition because you really can't. You,
0: well, like, What is your argument? You know. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Exactly. What are
1: you going to say? Uh, also, I mean, I could I could end the argument with one statement. I could say, why is it illegal for people to film what goes on at these places? Why can't there you, you go? Or if I want to go get a tour of an orange field, they'll give me a tour. Apple trees, whatever, they'll give me a tour. A vineyard?
0: A vineyard? <laughs> not, you know.
1: right, vineyard. Now, a factory farm, though, not only can you not get a tour, but it's actually illegal. To film what goes on in there and share it to the public animal rights activists put their freedom on the line doing that
0: and on top of that why is it why is it and why are the government policies protecting them and their privacy and not every other company you any other corporation you know so that, that says everything right there
1: and how many people would still support factory farming if you actually had to go to a factory farm and see what goes on there every single oh, time. Oh, betty, yes,
0: smell. Smell, because trust me, I, like I, told, I mentioned before, we drove from Houston to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Well, right when you get to Amarillo, once you get to Amarillo, there's a lot of factory farms out there right by, by the, the highway. And when I say that smell, once it got in our car and we were 20, 30 miles away from the factory farm, that smell wow. was still inside the car. We had the windows up. We had the windows up. So it still got in there. So it it was like we were riding around in a deathmobile. Like you, and one thing about it, and I'm sure anyone has had to deal with some type of death, whether they've been in in war or whatever, when you're around death like that, that smell never goes away from your memory. It never, you can never erase that. Like it always feel like it just happened at that moment from that point on. Whenever you see anything that reminds you of that. So it's like, I'll never forget that. So, yeah, I mean, like, then you think like, damn, people are this is going inside of us when you eat this, you know, on top of the smell. Actually, I looked over and I saw I saw what the animals were like and how they were packed or whatever. I'm like, damn, they're doing it right in the open. They're not even hiding them inside like you know, a barn or anything. They got all these cows sitting right here, packed together like sardines inside I mean, this fence, you know, right by the highway.
1: I mean, that's what they're letting you see. Imagine what they're not. Letting oh, I know.
0: Someone's
1: <laughs> you know? like, geez. So yeah, man. But I mean, people like, look, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind at this park. Okay. I'm way past that stage in my life, Where, I, where right. I played the convincing game. But when people were talking about stuff and I think what they're saying is moronic and I have a totally different view, I'm going to share it just to give some food for thought. And it's not like if people disagree with me or they don't agree with me or they don't affirm what I'm saying, that I'm somehow, I'm not going to storm off angry. Like, Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay. Which,
0: you know, which I will say in the, I can't even say, I can't even call it a vegan community. I can say a plant-based community because I'm like, you know, a, you know being vegan is by being compassionate. But, you know, when you are talking to someone who's still kind of hanging on, to that familiarity of eating meat or whatever else. I've seen a lot of people in that community who treat these people like shit. Right. It's just like, you know, y'all, me, look at you, are a murderer. Blah, blah, blah. You're stupid. Blah, blah. I'm like, oh, it's all about compassion, huh? You know, yeah. so it's, it's, yeah. you can be compassionate toward the animals, but not someone who's right now, you still trying to help them with their understanding of this. Because you got to understand, they, they're they going to have to let go of a lot of things here. There's a lot of things attached to that because you're human. There's Even the whole psychological aspect of the fact that you start not just questioning the things you've done, you even question the people that you entrusted your security and your safety with your parents and how they taught you, you know, and their parents and these people that you love. And so there's so many things being called into question. Then you were like, Whoa, what is happening? You know? So did they lie to me on purpose or, you know, were they wrong or, or I'm okay. I understand what you're saying. I, and I, I'm feeling that. And I'm changing my mind, but, what is that going to mean with my relationship with my family who doesn't like that? You know, they're not like that. And then, so you got a lot of things that are happening all at once. It's like a, it's like you're sitting there one day and somebody walks in like, Hey, you know, your father, he's not really your father. <laughs> you know, actually your big brother over there, he's really your father, but he had <laughs> you so young that we adopt you, you know? And it's like a, I think it was, a, I think Jack Nicholson went through that. And I think Johnny Cash with there. It's just like, dude, what? you can't even fathom what that's like you know like that makes that calls everything into question your whole life so and, and a lot of things in our lives is based around food so then like i said you question everything at that point but at the same time though it's just like you know where's the compassion in that and my thing is if you truly want you know people to see this way of life you know and 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 come over here and be come over here on your side then live it prove to them you know live it don't sit there and get mad when they don't just automatically jump up and like okay i'm done some people do that but then you gotta ask yourself how many of the people who who like treat people like that how long did it take you to finally like let go
1: of the cognitive dissonance you know I I always think your example is the best teacher because I've actually gotten flack from some vegans for not being more forthright and for not being a bigger voice and Mm -hmm. I can understand that point of view but I like to come at things a little bit differently now I look at how many people in my orbit have adopted a plant-based diet now I'm not taking all the credit for that but I definitely played a role you know people like yourself Mm -hmm. Steve Cotter and my friend Julia recently started plant based, and she's loving it. Now they all had reasons outside of just associating with me, right. but I was definitely an I was definitely an example a catalyst. A of catalyst. About. Well, I'm an example of hey, you can actually be healthy and do this, you know, because I've been doing it for so long, 28 years now. So and then and then they look at like if you, when you and I went out to dinner and you were eating meat, not once did I ever tried to diminish you in any way or disparage what you're doing like oh man you know you you ever think about how that animal suffered before it ended up in your plate you know I never did that but when you're around people that are eating a vegan diet and they're cool people and they're expressing their views and you're sitting there going well shit you know I love animals too so what am I doing here you know you start questioning yourself you start thinking about it and I, I think that's really the best approach because not only has someone like you and Paulette and Steve Cotter and so many others, Scott Shetler said he was influenced by me. Not only have you guys picked up a plant-based diet, but you're still doing it. <laughs> you know? right. It wasn't just a fat you tried for three weeks. You, know, you all made it work in your own ways on your own. Like the way you eat is different than the way I eat. It's the same thing with Scott, same thing with Steve. So no one's trying to replicate what I'm doing necessarily. We all find our own paths with it. But it was something that was important to you that you took the time to do that. Right. <clears throat> so, So yeah, man. Um... <laughs> No, no, what? Look, I, I remember when I was on Rich Rolls podcast, I said, Look, if I go out to dinner with someone and I'm sitting there just making them feel guilty for their food choices the entire meal, you really think that person's going to be convinced to adopt the diet? They may have actually been thinking about adopting the diet and then, then now they feel like they have to defend themselves. So, like, you know what? Fuck off, man. I'm just going to do things my way. And I'm not, you guys are always trying to be judgmental and this and that. And it, it's irritating. So I, I don't want to be around. No one likes to be around someone who's being annoying. Now, that's categorically true, no matter what. Hmm. Being annoying is never useful. I guess it's useful if you're trying to get rid of people. <laughs> but it's not, it's not an endearing quality in someone. No woman's ever said, hey, you know, what, what was it about your husband that won you over? My like God, you know, he's so annoying. And I, I just can't get enough of it.
0: So and I think usually what that really comes down to is just like, <clears throat> look, man, mind your business. It, it's, it's really says a lot about your ego. When you feel like you, when you lose control, when you can't control someone, right. that's what it comes down to. You're trying to control someone, which you're already breaking one of the four agreements by trying to do that. You know, you've taken it personally, you know, and you, like I said, you're trying to control someone else. Like all you can do is control yourself, you know, at the end of the day. And I mean, is this, this is this what you really going to lay down? Is this going to be the end all be all for who this person is? Is this, this all, oh, so-and-so the meat eater or so-and-so the, this, 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 that's what, that's it. They've done nothing else with their life. <laughs> There's nothing else, you know, to them, No nothing positive to them or whatever. So like I said, man, I think, like I said, the only thing you can control is what you, how you respond to things and the things that you do. And when you understand that, your life will be a lot better. You'll be a lot more pleasant to be around. And then that's when you really probably will affect more change. You know, by taking off the robe and the wig and stop being a judge, first of all. You know, live your life. Most people that end up doing it, they don't have a life. Let's just be honest. That is their life. They try to just rearrange everybody else's lives make them do as they were doing because they don't want to feel like they're alone so it says a lot but somehow i don't know how how do we get here from friends so yeah so um but yeah man well i guess they can say a lot about friends because that's a, a, another good quality about a friend they're not gonna sit there and do things like this to you you know they're gonna understand you know meet they're gonna meet you where you are that's what a good friend is so and that kind of, like I said, that brings it back to the whole topic that I want to talk about today was, you know, that Jordan Peterson was talking about. And the whole topic was choose your friends carefully. Right. And I know for some people, just to hear the phrase choose your friends, you know, they already feel like, oh, but man, what about so-and-so? Like, look, look calm down. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Because cause the thing is, when people hear the word choose, they also feel like that means also eliminate. So... If you choose someone carefully, then you have to get rid of the ones that you already had. Well, no one's saying that you've got to just kick people to the curb, but there may be situations where you probably, you're probably long overdue to kick somebody to the curb because they may not be a friend. You may be a friend, but they may not be a friend. You right. have to reevaluate that. So, you know, um, that's, that's why it comes to the first point that Jordan was talking about. He said, you know, make friends with people who want the best for you. I don't think you understand how heavy and how deep that one phrase is. And how that right there, if you just go by that one thing, how they could probably weed out a lot of folks because and here's like I said, and here's how you know if someone's your friend, dude. You know, so like you were saying, when you tell them, you know, when you tell them some bad news, they listen.
2: <laughs>
0: okay? They listen. They don't sit there and pull an Oprah Winfrey where it's like oh you know you know i was abused by you know when i was three. Oh my god i, I understand i was abused when i was two okay hold on <laughs> he's like you know oh man i just lost my job man i just i, I had two jobs and i lost my business this past week right. they're always trying to one-up you and right. and, and be the, the star of the show instead of just saying like instead of just lending an ear sometimes the best friend the best friend you can be sometimes when someone's bringing an issue, they're going through something bad or whatever, just don't say a word at all. Yeah. Silence is the best thing because even the people that, now they mean well, there are also those friends who, when someone has a problem, the first thing a friend wants to do, of course, first of all, this is your friend. You don't want to see them hurt. So the first thing you want to do, you want to fix the problem you want to fix it right then and there, you know? So, yeah, I know I said earlier, I got friends, like if I call at three o'clock in the morning, or whatever, let's just say, Hey, I feel like, you know, my life's being threatened or whatever. And I need some backup or whatever. And they'll just jump to it. They probably won't, they won't ask any questions. You know, they'll ask questions later, you know, now who's to say how I got in that situation. You know, I might've put myself in a bad situation and I may, you know, maybe what they'll end up doing is enabling me. So you got to kind of look at it that way too. So there's always those friends that always want to fix things because they don't want to see you hurt. And I can understand that. You know, I've been there. I don't like seeing, I don't like seeing my wife cry. I don't like seeing, hearing my friends hurt. I don't like seeing my friends go through things like, you know, it, like, like when your mom passed, like if, it's like, you, it's one of those things where you feel like, damn, what do I do? Well, the best thing I can do is listen. Yeah, that's the best thing I can do. You can't fix it. You know, that's the
1: best thing that anyone can do in that situation. Honestly, I mean, I made this clip about depression and how people with depression get a lot of bad advice. And often people with depression are made to feel guilty. Like, oh, think about people that are suffering worse than you. You have so much to be happy about. What's your problem? Uh, Those are people who've never had depression. They may have experienced sadness. Sadness goes away and is, is also tied to an event. Depression can be independent. It can be biochemical where it's not tied to a current event. It could be tied to trauma that happened a long time ago, but it's not based on current circumstances. But what I said in there is I go, the best thing you can do is just be a good friend. Just be a cool person. Just be supportive. That's all you need to do. You don't have to give advice. You don't have to try to solve the problem for someone. Just be someone that's willing to listen. And honestly, what you said about being a good friend is being a good listener to someone. Look, I've been that guy to people I barely know, just being a cool person. I've been around people where I can tell they're going through something and they don't really have anyone they can talk to about it. And I just happen to be right there. And I can take some time out of my day to listen to that person, give them some feedback if they need it. And just listening to someone, you can tell how much more relieved they feel because now they're not carrying that burden all on their own. No, they're letting someone else carry it with them a little bit. And just that alone makes a big difference. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly, man.
1: Look, when when my when my when my dog Mona died, I had, I had to put her down. This is 2011. When I went to pick up her ashes, there was a lady that was in the place, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm here to pick up my dog's ashes." And I could tell that she knew what that felt like. She was sad for me, and she actually followed me into the parking lot, which sounds bad, but she didn't have any malicious intentions. She's like, hey, you know, I overheard you in there. I just want to say I'm so sorry and that I've been there and I know how hard it is. And we chatted for about five minutes. And I, I really appreciated the fact that she did that. I don't remember her name. I wouldn't even recognize her if I saw her again and probably vice versa. But at that moment, she was very compassionate and her empathy meant a lot. Honestly, it was nice to right. talk to someone who knew how I felt in that moment. Yeah. Yeah
0: i was like, how does the phrase go? People may not remember you, you know, what you said, or people may not remember what you did, but people will always remember how you made them feel, you know. So, I mean, that's that's, that's true.
1: Survivors email me about because they've read about the abuse I went through in my book, or they heard me talk about it somewhere, maybe on Rich Roll show or some other medium. But anyway, they they write me these long emails sometimes, going into detail about things they've been through and how they feel about it. And I always take the time to respond to those emails. It's never something where I'm going, ah, no, that's not my problem. Go, go talk to a therapist. Because I, I know how hard that is and I know how they feel to some extent, but I don't know exactly how they feel because it's always it's not exactly the same situation, but I, I get how debilitating it can be and how difficult it is to talk about. And the least I can do is just let them know that I read their email, You know, share my thoughts a little bit and, and keep the lines of communication open if they need someone to talk to. It's not that... It's not that big a deal, and it makes, it's not that big a deal for me to do it, and it makes a huge difference to them, though. I've had people email me years later saying how, how grateful they are for that. I had a guy whose kid has Vitiligo. Now, I don't have Vitiligo, but I have a cold burn, but it looks like Vitiligo. If you saw me somewhere, you would just assume that's what I have. And th- this kid was, I think, probably 12, 13 years old, young guy, and he was obviously just mortified that he's dealing with this. It was on his face, and he's very self-conscious now, you know, especially at that age. And I took the time to give his father advice. And I said, look, if you want to have, you want to set up a call with your kid and you and me, we can all get on a call together and we can talk a little bit, but just let him know that you know, it's okay for him to feel whatever he's feeling. It's okay to feel insecure. It's okay to feel a little bit sorry for yourself, but at some point you have to take charge of that, own it and get through it, but it's okay to go through that process. But I, I think just this guy being able to reach out to someone to help his son was very useful to him because he doesn't have it. He doesn't understand how his son is feeling. Only right, those of right. us who have it understand what it's like to have it. And another time I was, I was, at, I was at Park MGM. It was the Monte Carlo at that time. And I was mm-hmm. getting out. I was doing ballet park and I got out of my car. And just as I got out, this really good looking girl was walking my way. And she had hyperpigmentation, which is basically the opposite of fetal ego. And it's basically where you have these dark spots everywhere. But she looked great. No, she did. I mean, it, it threw me off a little bit when I saw her because you don't see that often. But I, I looked at yeah. her and I was like, wow, you know, she's a good looking lady. And she looked at me and I looked like she thought the same thing. Not that I was a good looking lady, but you know, <laughs> I was, I was looking. And we, we didn't even talk, but we both kind of locked eyes for a second. I smiled a little bit. <laughs> she. It was like a moment of recognition. Like, hey, right. Right, I, I see you. you. I, I see you. <laughs> I, not only do I see you, but I see past what other people see. Yeah,
0: right. that's what I mean. Like, so in our culture, it was like, okay. And that's the thing about it. It's like, sometimes, like I said, people just want to be seen. Right. So that's it. So that's why it's good. Sometimes, like I said, just to be quiet when people are going through stuff. They just want to be acknowledged. They just want to know that, hey, man. I'm, I'm human. I'm going through some shit and I just right. want to get off my chest. I'm like, dude, let it off, you know? And guess what? I'm not going to judge you either way. In fact, I'm actually feeling better that you're letting it off instead of holding it all in because right. that's, what's very detrimental. Now there are some people, all they do is let stuff off. They, they always got a problem. <laughs> they, they can't stop talking about it because yeah, yeah. they, 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 what they want to do, they want a trauma bond. With you. So they they want you to join in and tell your trauma. So they want those open Winfrey types like, yeah, well, I, I was abused, too. Really? Yeah, man. So yes, yeah, you know, we know it's fucked up. But what are we doing here? How are we healing? Right. Both of you? How y'all healing right now? You get it. Okay. But every time I see you guys, y'all talk about the same thing. What are y'all doing to heal is the question. So like I yeah. said, so there are the, those extreme ends of the spectrum of
1: this as well. Like I said, so it's so all, again, you, it always comes back to being in the middle. Think, yeah, you can, you can flip negative, you can flip seemingly negative experiences and make them assets. And one thing I did when my face first got burned, I was about 25, 25, 26 around there. And Once I realized that this is here to stay, because initially you go into solution mode. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to a doctor. They're going to treat me. I'm going to be back to normal. And that was to no avail. I realized that the quote unquote solutions weren't worth the hassle. So I I just had to accept this. And initially I used to put Dermablend on to try to blend it into my skin so it didn't look like I had it. And that made me feel a little better initially, but I also felt really stupid putting it on (laughs) every morning. I go, look, what am I doing this for? I'm doing this for strangers so that they don't, get shocked when they see me you know right. i'm not doing this for myself i'm doing it so i don't have this weird stranger reaction sometimes people see me and they're just like whoa you know they're not even trying to be hurtful or rude it's just it's just outside the norm they're not used to seeing that so it doesn't right. bother me at this point it still happens now but i don't really notice it that often sometimes i do and it bothers me but most of the time i don't really notice it if anything carol gets mad when he's like god why is that guy looking at you what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with i'm <laughs> no, just just relax just relax not that big a deal But the thing is, is that when this happened to me, I I was, I was sitting there thinking, man, you know, I want to get into the fitness business and teach courses. How am I going to get in front of people looking like this? Because I felt really insecure about my appearance. And then I realized if I don't get in front of people, I'm going to be debilitated by this, by choice, not because I have the skin condition, but because of how I'm reacting to it. So it became something where I have to, now I have to do it. Now I have to get in front of people. Now I have to do photo shoots in magazines and put it out there, not cover it up at all. No derma blend, nothing. I'm, I'm going to, uh, it's going to be obvious. I'm not hiding it in any way. And right. that was extremely therapeutic. And it was also in some ways, maybe I wouldn't have had that same confidence or that desire to build that same confidence if I didn't have it. So it, it, I yeah. made it massive. An and in some ways it's, it's beneficial in other ways because people that are really shallow, if it bothers them, why would you want to be friends with people like that anyway? Exactly. You know, if I if, if I meet someone who's disfigured and they're a really cool person, I don't care if they're disfigured. In fact, I'm going to be probably even more impressed with them that they're that they're doing so much great stuff in spite of what other people see as a disfigurement or as a handicap. You know, I, I don't I don't look at people and base who I should be friends with on whether I think they're good looking or not. <laughs> you know, That's, right. that's ridiculously shallow. Or so Someone is built, someone is
0: built, or people are built like me, my height or my color and blah, blah. Or did they, you know, when I had locks, oh, did they have dreadlocks too? It's like, <laughs> no, nah, that's very limiting <laughs> because. who
1: because- work out. It's like, well, that's pretty limiting because there's a lot of cool very. people that don't work out and it's okay that they don't work out because that's not the only thing I do. It's not like all I do is fitness. I've got tons of other interests. Right. So I can be friends with a variety of people from different backgrounds. It's 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 not. It's kind of cool when you can connect on several areas, but it, it's not yeah, exactly it's not, it's not a necessity for a good friendship. You need. But well, it makes life so much
0: more interesting, though, when you connect on on different you know in different areas. I mean, especially that's why it really helps to a travel and and get out of your comfort zone, which is like wherever you live. And that's why it's also good to read, you know, and that's why like documentaries, all this. It's like when you expand your mind and your experience, you will see yourself expanding just your way of communicating. And you'll be able to be in much, I'd say much more enriching like experiences and connections and conversations instead of just talking about the same old, same old. You know, so, you know, you really can't, you can't beat that. And that's one beautiful thing about travel and reading and all that's what really helps out. It really—they already takes you to worlds that you probably could never even conceive. And even right. if you have been to those worlds before, each time you can find a new world within that place you've been to before. I mean, there are times like—I I know I've been to New Orleans a gazillion times, but every time I go there, it seems like I go there with new eyes. I see different things, and
1: it's—it's it's, it's always a,
0: a new experience for me. I never get bored when I go there.
1: Yeah, because you're not—you're right. not the same person each time you go there. You're each time, di- exactly. Things differently. Exactly. Me coming to me, I, I came to Las Vegas once before we ended up. I mean, we came here actually on vacation before we moved here, but. I came here once when I was in college. When I was 20 years old, I came to Las Vegas. Now, obviously, I had a much different take on Vegas there. First of all, I wasn't old enough to drink. So it was really lame, actually. It wasn't even. Wasn't I couldn't drink and I couldn't gamble. So what am I going to do in this town? Why are we even here? <laughs> a friend of mine said, let's go to Vegas. I go, why? Neither one of us are 21. What are we going to do there? <laughs> So anyway, I thought, I thought Vegas sucked back then. I was like, fuck that place. I don't need to ever go there again. And then I came here with Carol when we lived in Los Angeles. We came here around 2005, 2006, just on vacation. And after being here for a week, we we're going, hey, you know, this may be a cool place to live, actually. We went looked at some of the suburban neighborhoods. We talked to our mutual friend, Tim Larkin, who's been out here for a long time. And then we ended up coming back and doing another trip. And we actually found a house to rent. We ended up moving out here. Now, my 20-year-old, if I could go back in time and tell my 20-year-old self, guess what? You're actually going to be moving to Las Vegas when you get a little bit older, and you're going to be there for at least 15 years. That person would have been totally incredulous going, really? <laughs> How did we end up there? But I actually love it out here. When, I first, when we first moved out here, I go, oh, this place sucks, because it felt, especially the suburbs – The suburbs felt like one big strip mall. It felt like every restaurant is a brand, nationwide brand, like Chili's and Applebee's. It felt like a town where someone pulled up with a bunch of stores, dropped it off, and kept going. It had no (laughs) local culture or (laughs) pizzazz. Now, you had the Las Vegas Strip, which obviously, even then, was really cool. But for someone on a vegan, plant-based diet, there were no vegan restaurants at that time. There was one raw food place, which was okay. It wasn't delicious or anything, but that was it. Right. Now there's tons of vegan restaurants, not just on the Strip, but out here where we live in the suburbs. I mean, there's three or four that are really good. So the town has changed a lot. But one thing that, I, the one thing that made me really like Vegas, even soon after we moved out here, is I started going to concerts again. Because I, I was working so hard my first four years in business in Los Angeles that I, I never really treated myself to fun, to entertainment. I was just too busy grinding. So yeah. we moved out here, and I saw Slayer at the House of Blues, which is a relatively small venue. I was like, "Wow, this is awesome seeing a band like this in this venue." And then you start dabbling, you start tapping into what Vegas has to offer that really no other city has to offer, and that's when you start enjoying it. But when you try to make it like where you just came from, you go, why can't Vegas be more like L.A.? You're going to. Why be did you a- leave L.A.? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people move here from Utah and they go, "Oh, you know, I don't like seeing Bar- Almost naked women on a billboard trying to get you to come here. I was like, well, I do like seeing that number one. <laughs> and number two, this is Las Vegas, okay? That's what people come here to see. They want a wild time. So you can go anywhere else in America and have that conservative bullshit living. OK? You just, why do you got to make Vegas like where you just came from? Just go back to Idaho, Go back to Utah. <laughs> go back.:
0: <laughs> Exactly yeah. So yeah, man, so again take it just take an assessment of the people you call your friends treat it take it back to that old t mobile commercial when they had that top five you know like they had that whole little program where you put your top five friends in your in your phone so just look at that now if that were to happen today just look at who are your top five and then ask yourself these things that we're talking about like hey man like when you tell when you have good like bad news do they listen or do they try to fix it or they try to outdo it and have even worse news or do they try to judge you? That's another thing. It's like, when you, let's just say you had a misstep, you made a mistake or something like that. Do they come down and you'll see, I never, I don't know why you did it in the first place. I never knew why you dated that person. I always knew he was an asshole, blah, blah, blah. You get all these things like, Whoa, dude, (laughs) like calm down. So yeah, you got to look at that. So then it makes you have to really assess that friendship, you know, going forward, in my opinion. You know, some people yeah, like the abuse.
1: most of what people think are friendships are at best acquaintances, if you really acquaintances,
0: think acquaintances. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or abusive or abusive relationships. <laughs> that's what yeah. Yeah. A lot of times very abusive, very one sided. There's very there's a narcissist and there's a people pleaser, you know, which is a bad combination.
2: Right. right. You right. know, so, that's a
0: recipe for disaster right there. Or you got two narcissists, which is even worse. Almost as worse as two people pleasers because it's just going to, it's just not going to work. So. I guess.
1: You, have, you have two people that are terrible at communication. That's a disaster. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now both of you can't convey to each other what you want to say because you're terrible at communicating. So you're just harboring it. Both of you are harboring this stuff. I mean, that's a recipe for a disaster. That's inevitably that's going to be a problem.
0: And then the other ones, the two narcissists are terrible at communicating because they, they, they talk to themselves. All they can do is talk about themselves and everything is about them and you don't exist. So they're basically, they're always speaking in first person. So again, you're not conveying, you know, how you're feeling toward each other because you're thinking the other should be feeling the way you feel anyway. And what's wrong with them and then be damned for not doing so. <laughs> so it's, it's a hot mess, man. <laughs> when you really think about it, yeah. communication is the key and that's, and that's key, not just to intimate relationships, which a friendship is an intimate relationship, but like I said, even with your, let's just say you're a significant other, communication is key, but it's also very key to a friendship as well. You gotta right. know, your. you gotta set boundaries. You know, that's another thing. People don't talk about that enough boundaries because the only person that'll get pissed off that you set boundaries are people who had intentions on bre- and breaking those boundaries, right? That's the one thing about it. If they had no intentions of doing so and abusing those boundaries or going beyond them, they shouldn't get pissed off when you start setting them. So they should be able to understand, like, oh, I, I get it. I, I understand. And guess what? They should set some boundaries of their own, you know? But don't try to make it a boundary contest either. Like, oh, you got boundaries? I got boundaries too. I, I didn't want to tell you about the boundaries I had. It was like, wait, wait, wait. Well, first of all, why are you just not speaking up? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And I'm sure right now some people are nodding their heads because it's hitting home with a lot of this stuff. Because we've all, I think we've all been there. We've all been there. And so number two. You know, now that right there, number one is like, you know, you can tell them bad news and they'll listen. Number two, you can tell them good news and they'll help you celebrate. Okay. Right. That right there. I know people think, like, well, that's obvious. No, it's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, not because there, there are some people when you tell them good news, they have something to say. It's just it's like, oh, well, I guess, or let me tell you something about it. Okay, let's talk about some cultural stuff right quick. Let me let me bring y'all inside the the black experience right now. (laughs) There's certain little words, there's certain things that can be said. Now Mike, you, you can go ask Carol if you haven't heard these phrases. You ask her what these phrases mean. Well, this main one. So let's just say Mike, you're, you're starting up your supplement business and you're talking to someone like, yeah, you know, I just started my supplement business and you know, I, oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw, I saw you on Instagram. I saw you posting your little supplements. I see you. Yeah. When they throw that little in front of it, I, saw, I see you starting your little business or oh, I see you got your you know new little girlfriend. That's not a positive thing. Okay. That is the most condescending, hateful, like straight up, like, oh man, it's, I almost want to put somebody in the face when I hear that little thing like, oh, I see you you doing your little firearms business. Okay. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and it's the tone that goes with it. Now, there are certain things that can follow up with that that shows that it's not negative. So it's like, oh, okay. I see you got your little sub in business. I see you. Okay. All right. So that right there is a little more positive. Okay. But when they just end it with like, Oh, I see you trying to start trying to. That's another thing. When they take when they put trying in there, almost like they are letting you know like you're not gonna succeed. Okay. I said right. and let's let's be honest. There's some people they've tried a lot of things and they probably won't succeed because they keep hop they don't give things time to mature and, and see it all the way through. So there's a little bit of legitimacy to that for certain people. But guess what? If you were a friend, you know, a lot of times they don't say anything, but you sit there, you got this friend, and just they just they they got their hands in every little thing. My thing is like, you know what? They're like, look, man, I'm about to start this. I'm about to start this little investment business and investment coaching. I'm like, well, do you feel comfortable enough to talk about that? How long, you know, have you been investing long enough to feel comfortable with that? Because you know, you are with people's money. Oh no, no, I'm good, I'm good because you know I, I you know I made this money off GameStop. I'm like, okay, see, the key word in GameStop is stop stop right there. Okay. <laughs> so my thing is like, you know, the thing is put, where's the experience in that? Just, just because someone walks into a gym and picks up a kettlebell and does some swings a few times, doesn't automatically make you a, a kettlebell instructor. You should not be going out right away and telling all your friends, Hey man, let me help you and train you with kettlebells. Well, how long have you been doing it? Oh man, I just picked up, I saw some at the gym the other day and that, it was a great experience. So, you know, Hey, I want, I want, I want to put you on to this, this kettlebell game. No, you can't. No, what you should be doing is like, okay, let me let me find an experienced instructor now that can help both of us. And you do it long enough that you end up becoming an instructor if that's what you want to do, even though it's 2021. I don't know how you feel about all that trying to be a kettlebell instructor, but you didn't hear that from me. So anyway, so, but like I said, you want to have those friends do, like when you have good news, man, that they celebrate with you and not try to put you down. Or again, they don't try to open wind for you and try to outdo you. So you sit there like, Man, I just made my first, this is my first year. I made six figures in my business. Finally, after five years, boom, I'm there. Oh, they, oh yeah, man. Somebody, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Because, you know, it only took me like three years, but I get it. Uh, I I felt good when I did it three years ago. It's like, okay, I already, I already knew you were making six figures. Why are you bringing it back up again? You know, right. can, I, can, I, can somebody, here's another phrase from the culture. Can, can you just let me live? Okay, that right there, that phrase goes a long way. just let let them have their moment, man. celebrate them here's my thing, dude i want I want my friends to be winning, okay, I want them winning and whatever they're doing. you don't have to do anything remotely like i'm doing if look man, if winning to you means you know you your teenage kids are not getting arrested you know and not getting into all kinds of mischief. they graduate from school, you know, and the fact that they're healthy and they're strong. Or let's just say, if, even if they have health challenges, but they're still persevering. And, you know, you and your your, your spouse or whatever, you're kind of going through it while you're going through those, that difficult time or whatever. But at the same time, the kid, you know, your kid is, they're surviving and they're pushing through and they're not giving up. Man, I'm celebrating. I'm there. I'm with you because that's a win for all of us. Because if you're upset, dude, it's like, it's just the whole dynamic is, is upset because we're all friends here. We're all feeling this together. And of course, no one really wants to feel pain. I don't care who you are. You can be into s- s- sadomasochism or whatever else that right there. A lot of times is because you're trying to run from something else and using that as a, a diversion from dealing with the truth or something. You know, there's something that there's some trauma. There's something that you haven't dealt with in my opinion, when you really into someone inflicting pain upon you, <laughs> something like that. But at the end of the day, we really don't like, as humans, we really don't like pain. We really don't. We person a lot of us persevere through it because we have to, because you got to keep going. Okay. You know, hopefully you won't let it debilitate you and just make you stop in your tracks. You know, in fact, it's going to build character. That's one thing. Pain is necessary. Don't get it twisted. It doesn't necessarily mean you want it. Like, Trust me, if we could all go to the gym and just get stronger and get a thousand pound deadlift without having to have recovery days, without having to sit there and put in 45 minutes for a certain amount of like months, weeks, years, or whatever, just to get to a certain number. If we just sit there like, hey man, look, I just need to go in there, enjoy the experience and do it. And then I hit that number. A lot of us would do it. But at the same time, you know, if you could just like say, ignore the pain and the soreness and all that. Yeah, you want to have to deal with that. But at the same time, would you, would you really appreciate it? Would you really appreciate it when you hit that number if you didn't?
1: Yeah. It, it, look, if I go to the gym and I deadlift 135 I, and that's it, I, I was like, man, you know, I feel strong as shit. I deadlifted 135 for five easy reps. It's like, yeah, well, everybody can do that. You know, so it's, I'm not going to feel satisfied. But when I hit a number that I couldn't do and it took many years to build it, it, it is satisfying. It's not anticlimactic, like some people say, because number one, I, I didn't invest in this thinking that it's going to increase my happiness. It's just a fun thing to do. And right. it builds character. When you have the resolve to stay disciplined for many years to achieve a certain outcome, that's a very valuable skill set to develop. Right. Because It shows you what you're disciplined in other areas. Because you're going, look, if I can right. build my body up and I can build my fitness, why can't I build a business? You know, why can't I build right. something else that... I obviously have the discipline if it's important to me. You've got the, you got the consistency, you've got the discipline,
0: you've got the dedication, you've got the vision to do it. Those are very important key aspects to building a, a business, a relationship, always, all those things. Anything worth having needs those things I just mentioned.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, and I always Desire. I started working out. It's not like I had genetic gifts. I mean, I had genetic gifts in terms of being healthy, and I've got two legs and two arms and no underlying health conditions. Sure, that, that's, those are genetic gifts. Right. But I didn't have a genetic proclivity to being super strong and powerful. Certainly, if you look at either one of my parents, they were hardly athletes, and there's no one in the family tree that I really had any athleticism. I mean, first time I tried to bench press 150 pounds, I got pinned with it in my parents' garage. And I had, I had to let one side fall so all the plates go off, and then flip the other side. So hardly, hardly a a good start or hardly a solid foundation coming out of the gate to go on to build strength. So it it was very difficult to get strong. But the thing is, is that I loved the process. I loved training. I loved learning about training. I loved reading about nutrition. I I just got obsessed with this. I was, and I got obsessed because I was weak and I wanted to be strong. So I go, what do I need to know and do to get to where I want to go? And it, it took several years to develop what others would consider pretty impressive strain, and then many more to develop what I consider impressive strain. <laughs> you know? right. But it's, it the process was fun because it was something I really wanted to do. So, I mean, if you're building a business and you have no passion for whatever it is, it's going to be really hard to show up each day and give it your all and when certain impediments come your way, certain roadblocks
0: oh, man.
1: that are inevitable, you're, you're going to be like, you know what? Why am I even doing this? You're going to be like, F this. You know, <laughs> you're yeah, right.
0: doing this. Yeah, man, big time. But if you have that passion and desire for it, here's the thing. And I think this is what throws a lot of people off who don't have that mindset for these things. You know, on the outside looking in while you're doing it, you're going to obsess. <laughs> you're going to obsess when you really into it, man. You're going to be like, dude, like it's going to take a lot just to pry you away from it. Because yeah. You're going to be up every, like every waking hour just because you really trying to you really want to succeed. And you are really trying to just truly understand that that business. OK, so there's there's that. <laughs> Which is a good thing and a bad thing for some people because sometimes people don't know how to let go, and it's like, dude, okay, you gotta have, you gotta find some balance. You gotta take, you gotta, bring, you gotta look up every now and then, but at the same time, you gotta figure out a way of looking up without getting sidetracked too. So, <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> you, gotta, you know, one, you gotta, get,
1: you gotta get obsessed about the right things too. You know, some people right. Some people get obsessed about what celebrities are doing or why this relationship didn't work out. You don't know these people. Who cares? Who cares about <laughs> all that stuff? I care less about any of that stuff. Not that I wish bad upon anyone. I just—it's just, it's just well, none I of just my. Don't, business. I don't.
0: I, I just don't care.
1: Yeah, I just don't care. It's none of my business. And I, I've got things that I do care about. So why am I focused on things I don't care about mm-hmm. when people. I? Couldn't. Things I do care about, hey
0: man. Sometimes I'll have folks that'll send me stuff like you know on Instagram, like on DMs or whatever, and it'll be about some celebrity. And I'm lost because A, I really don't watch TV, I don't watch the news, and so I'm just like, What is, what is this? What are they talking about? or I just don't reply at all because I'm like, Because oh, if I ask, you're probably going to tell me, and I don't care, okay? So, because I'm just like, oh, I don't care about this, so you know, trust me now, if there are certain times that, you know, you just kind of like with friends, you share things like, okay, it's a little meaningless because you need that every now and then, but I know that we're going to, I know my friends, I'm doing it because I know we're going to put our spin on it. Or I know that, you know, we're going to get whatever it is. We're going to understand it. We're going to find the humor in it or whatever. But there's some people just, you know, they, they get really caught up in things that truly don't matter. One of, a joke here and there is a funny video is one thing, but when they just like, oh man, you see what Beyonce did this? Oh, Beyonce was wearing this. Oh, and Beyonce didn't I'm like, why are you always talking about Beyonce? Do you know her? <laughs> Cause she does, She probably doesn't know you. And if yeah, she does know you, she probably wants you to stop talking about it so damn much. Because now if you do know her and she does know you, then you know what you're doing now? You're capping right now. You are sitting up here name dropping to try to feel important. So please stop. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't increase your stock because you know them personally, it really doesn't. Okay. It doesn't validate who you are, you know, or if they're related to you, you know, it it doesn't validate your DNA just because you're related to them. Like if I'm freaking related to the rock, I'm not like a physical specimen like he is, you know, just because we're related, (laughs) you know, know I mean, you look at some of these famous siblings out there and they're not so famous siblings. It's like, we all know Bill Clinton, famous or infamous, but who 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 cares about Roger Clinton? Okay, <laughs> you know who, who? I mean, he tried to ride that fame, but no one cares. No one really cares, you know. So, but I'm pretty sure you probably can tell him, you know. Hey, hey you know who my brother is, <laughs> or he might be like, please, please don't ask me if that dude's my brother. <laughs> so it just depends on you're talking to what circle he's in. But <laughs> he's probably like, nah, no, nah, not that Clinton, no. I'm not related to that Clinton. I'm related to George Clinton, but not, no, not Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> so that's P-Funk for those that don't know, who are musically impaired. So, But yeah, man. So like I said, man, getting back to the whole thing, like with the good news, like I said, celebrate them, lift them up, you know, and because again, people want to know, I mean, who doesn't want. You, we, look, we want to be seen. I know some people say, oh, they seem like they just want to be validated. Yeah, that's what being seen is about. You know, like, dude, I'm I'm putting in the work, like, nobody really wants to be an island. Like, I, I don't care. Yeah, we, naturally, I'm a loner, you know, might function more solo or whatever, but at the same time, we still want some recognition for some of the shit we're doing. Okay? Otherwise, it's like, you know, what are we doing? You know?
1: And, so, and even people that are loners, uh, and look, I like... Being alone too, work researching things, working on stuff. But I, I'm a social guy too, and you are as well. But t- the the yeah. thing is though is we don't want to just socialize with anybody. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> there it we is. Socialize with people that we want to socialize with because then it's fun, then it's enjoyable. You don't want to meet up with people and it's small talk and you're trying to keep the conversation going with Ooh, That's tiring. That's that so
0: tiring. <laughs> you're asking so questions.
1: And you can care less what the answer is. Just to be <laughs> well. that's, a, that's never fun. <laughs>
0: so man how long you had so long how long you had a honda oh man i've had a like like, don't answer the question dude don't don't
1: (laughs) like i don't care i drive a ford like you said some people they don't talk to others enough right they they carry too much and then other people they're way too happy to talk about every detail yeah you're giving
0: way too much like oh wow did you just say that to me Hey, you, you. We're cool, but damn, bro, you have to tell me that. I did not ask about that wart on the left ass cheek. I didn't need to know that. Now I can't look at you without thinking about that wart on your ass cheek. Thanks, oh, my, friend,
1: <laughs> my friend Alan. My friend Alan got his dog. His his dog got groomed, right? Tucker. So Tucker, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, Tucker got groomed, and Alan. Alan's first thing is, he's like, yeah, you can see his asshole now. And I go, now <laughs> though, the fact the fact that you're even looking there. That's already bad, okay? Because I don't look at my dog's assholes or, or their ass at all, okay? Unless there's an infection there in their body, they're yeah. looking, but, and they're bothering.
0: Yeah, unless it's a health check, then yeah. But just for casual, everyday looking, <laughs> like, oh, there's my little asshole.
1: <laughs> my, my, my eyes don't gaze to that part of their anatomy at any point. No. There. Now, if I look, well, that's not something I'm gonna. I'm not gonna ever say, "Yeah, Reina just got groomed. You can see your <laughs> asshole now."
0: <laughs> that's So weird. So that's that's a socially awkward person, right
1: there. <laughs> like, no, and what's oh. funny is he isn't. But so every once in a while, he has these funny. This is the same guy who got into the heated debate about. Oh, okay. Palestine thing. I think he just thought he was <laughs> funny, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> that's not funny.
0: <laughs> like I'm good, bro. <laughs> So, so I'm not into dog assholes,
1: man. Okay, can we not? <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy who protects dogs. Okay, you know? I'm, I'm I'm one of their 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 alliances. I'm a guy who loves dogs. Wants to see dogs healthy and yeah. safe and well taken care of. All right.
0: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh dude. So yeah, man. So and I think it brings us down to the last point that um, Jordan brought up. So. You know, it's, it's okay to choose, which I kind of hinted toward this. It's okay to choose people to help you be better. Now that right there is so important, especially as you get older, man, you know, it's because the thing about it, you start, as you get older, you start seeing, you know, hopefully <laughs> I have to put that in quotations. Hopefully you start seeing through a lot of bullshit. You know, we were just talking about, you know, you're talking about your 20 old self going to Vegas or whatever, you know, of course, you know of 40 47 48 year old mike is not hopefully is not going to see vegas the same way that he did at 20 god i hope not please okay so you know so but the thing is you, you like i said you you want to be better and do better but you and i we're friends but if you're sitting there and we're in Vegas, and the first thing you know, like, oh hey yeah, man, I'm coming to town. Okay, cool. You know, we can go, we can go and go to this strip club and that strip club. And I'm like, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Whoa! <laughs> first of all, it's that's bad for business. I don't, I don't see the return of investment by going to a strip club, <laughs> which has kind of been my philosophy even in my twenties. I'm like, what am I getting out of this? I'm
1: like, I just see a whole lot of giving. Okay, look, you get to see you get to see Hooters for 20 bucks. I mean, I think it's a good deal.
0: <laughs> you can see Hooters for free on the internet. <laughs> it's just like and, and it's just as real it's just as real as the Hooters in that in that strip club because either way it goes, you're you're not getting them.
1: Not that I've ever done this, but you can have those hooters <laughs> in your face for, for a couple of minutes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, I know first of all, when I, when I first moved out of here, right? Anytime a friend came into town, that's always what they wanted to do. So yeah, I, I know Initially, I was like, all right, let's go. So I, I've been to every strip club in Las Vegas, except for maybe one or two, but I've been to all the major ones, rhino sapphires, you name it. I've been there treasures. I've been there, but here's the thing. After the fifth person came in who wanted to do that, I go, you know what? I don't want to do this ever again. So I'm next time someone asks, I'm just going to tell them where to go. Now I know where exactly to go with them. And also I know you well enough that that's the last thing I would ever do. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not like i'm ang- it's not like i'm super anxious to go myself not to say that right. i would go again i would go if in the right context but it's not something where like once those things opened up again i was like oh fuck yeah strip clubs are open but <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've been open since december of last year i haven't even thought about going to one of those places right and i, I don't look like to, to you like hey man i know exactly what you want to do oh yeah what's that titty bars <laughs> let's go
0: <laughs> i'm looking like how about we go to the lounge at the Cosmo and see the same thing without me having to give up $20 and a bunch of singles?
1: <laughs> and that's what we do. <laughs> you see deal deals going down right in front of you. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> One time I was playing blackjack and I could hear, I didn't turn around because I'm busy playing cards, but I could hear this lady propositioning a guy behind me and I could hear the whole conversation going back and forth. And it was hard not to just eavesdrop and focus on that because it was so funny <laughs> to hear it. I was like, damn, this is actually going down right behind. Me. She's trying to sell herself. He's not interested. She's trying to make him interested. I go, man, this is I go, look, girl, you should know better than anyone that it's all about positioning, not prospecting. You're taking a and right. now. You're doing what men do desperate prospecting. That's not effective. Just think about how many men you shoot down who do that to you. And now you're flipping that back on them, prospecting, and it's not working, positioning. <laughs> the women who make yeah. a lot of money working – the women of the night who make a lot of money in these casinos, they don't have to run up to guys trying to start a conversation. They're so good-looking right. that guys walk up to them, and then they realize, oh, shit. It's,
0: it's By the time they – when they realize what's going down, the guys have already – they've already bought in, so they just have to – they usually just roll with it like, well, damn. Mike
1: Epps, Mike Epps has a funny joke where he said – He's like, he's like, you know, I don't know who's a hooker and who it out here in this town. He's like, I asked a girl her name the other day and she said $500. <laughs> <laughs> right. and then as she's walking off, he's like, it hit me. He's like, wait a minute, you're selling pussy? Come back, come back. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's, that's Las Vegas for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but the best one though is like when I came out there at one time to train with Tim and you came and hung out and then you were leaving we were, uh, I was staying at the Rio, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, that was were, And you were walk, walking out to, to to leave, and this hooker goes, hey, man, where are you going? Your ass, not with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I
1: said, too. That, that's exactly what I said. I'm not making that up like, oh, that's a <laughs> You and I have been hanging out. It's 1 in the morning or something, so I'm leaving and yep. going back to my car. And, and this girl, big smile on her face. Now, first of all, she was a black woman, so I thought she might be hitting on me because – Black women tend to like me. That's been my experience. So I mean, I saw her and she had a big smile. And I was just like, "Hi," and then she's like, "Hey, baby, where are you going?" And then that's when, obviously, I picked it quickly, and I go, "Not with you." And, just, and she started laughing too when I said that. She's like, "Oh, all right, all right," you know, because she thought it was funny because black women are fun. They have a good sense of humor. And I wasn't trying to be mean spirited or anything. I was just having a little fun with it myself, and she didn't take it personally. It was crazy. right. <laughs> and she already she
0: already knew she had plenty of prospects inside the hotel, so she wasn't worried.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> like, she well, hey, come on that night. That's she was probably you know
0: like, what? Well, hell, he's already in the parking garage. He can save me a trip from going inside because these shoes are hurting my feet.
1: Well the <laughs> so, next night <laughs> you and I were having a drink at some restaurant and I could see all these deals going down behind yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw this one girl, very good looking woman, with this extremely unattractive older guy. And I, I felt bad for her. I was like, Man, she shouldn't have to work that hard for that. Resort
0: to that. I, Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly that dude was that dude was creepy man yeah he, yeah. Was, so, he, was, so he was so creepy
1: i was uh, like oh no, you just feel bad for her I,
0: like, I just oh, want to God. save her like baby girl hey, hey, hey you know what, I'll, how much here, here just take this and just go home
1: I know. you almost want to because this dude
0: looks like he looks like a serial killer i don't know
1: this might yeah. be the last time we you, see you. well we're gonna we're gonna pull our resources here and give you some money we don't expect anything in return we just want to help you out though. <laughs> exactly if any. any just go home. And get away from this guy, because I don't know, man. But that was crazy at the Rio. I don't know if there was a convention there. Was there? It was. Thing? Well,
0: it was. Um, you had two things going on. <laughs> two things were going on that weekend. You had um, CES was going on, the the uh, computer electronic show, and you had the AVN awards happening at the same time, the overlap, which is the adult video news. So it was basically, it's the Oscars for porn. So you had both of those events happening at the same time and they were happening there i was like what a mix of madness at the same time at this hotel (laughs) so that was crazy man so so you had some of the computer nerds being introduced to some of the adult adult industry people so so i was like all your all your fantasies have come true little computer guy (laughs) you no longer have to use anime or anything like or watch porn you can actually live it now you know, you got, you got women who are like cosplaying anime porn characters,
1: but I was like, at Rio, there were so many women doing that kind of work with that there during that weekend that
0: I know it was so crazy.
1: Sometimes these women would walk right in and a security guy would be like, nope, nope. turn yep. out.
0: That was hilarious. I was, I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay, you're a little well-known because <laughs> it's like, it just knew right off the bat. I'm like, well, damn, it was, someone were throwing me up. i was like, oh, she was, she was a hooker oh damn <laughs> it's like okay but you know in that city they know but yeah it was it's never a dumb moment when i come to vegas i'll say that much <laughs>
1: no
2: never
0: never So my thing is
1: the, the cosmo is just like that too except the only yeah. difference is that i don't see anyone kicking the women out No, not at all. (laughs) And the women there are more subtle about it. I mean, it's obvious to me as a guy who lives here and just putting it to situational awareness at a high level. It's obvious to me what's going on, but it's not completely obvious to other people what's going on. So it's a little bit more subtle going on over there. Now, it's obvious to me because, look, one in the morning, I'm at the bar having a drink before I head home after playing cards. And extremely attractive women are coming in by themselves. So I should say, a woman, one woman, one really good-looking woman at a time. Now, I don't know too many really good-looking women who go out to ride solo the morning on a Tuesday in night Vegas. or any night. You know, certainly not. <laughs> right. tra- I mean, and they're dressed to the nine. You know, they're they're they got their makeup done. Their hair looks great. They got a really nice outfit on. It's it's not always the cliche of skirt shirts and breasts pushed up to their chest to their nose. Right. Now that's, that, that's, ob- it's not the obvious working girl. A lot of times these girls are dressed in, they're just dressed normally, jeans and a t-shirt and they're walking around trying to meet, guys, they're trying to meet prospects or John right. tonight. So it's not, those are the ones that are pros. It's not always obvious, but the fact that they're there by themselves, that to me makes it obvious. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> that makes it really obvious. Now, maybe a few of these are just single women that are like, hey, you know, I want to go out and meet a guy that's plausible, but I would say that's the minority. right.
0: So, yeah, man. So my thing is, it's always good if you're going to Vegas, to get back to the topic of the show, it's always good to have a good friend in Vegas. It can keep you out of a lot of trouble, you know, keep you from paying for a hooker, getting getting arrested, you know.
1: Bars that I took to a strip club one time. I don't want to say his name. I mean, I don't think he would care if I told this story because it's not that bad, but I don't want to bring him up without Clearing it with him first. But anyway, you know him we can talk about him off air. He's a cool guy. He's a great guy. Everybody likes this guy. Well known in the kettlebell world as a competitor. So that's the biggest hint I'm gonna give. Not as an instructor, as a competitor.
0: I know everybody's like, damn. They're uh, like, oh,
1: I thought uh, I'd like nope, nope. One of one of the first master of sports. All right. That's the final hint. All right. Now, anyway, I was at a strip club with this guy, and he took three shots when we sat down, and then within five minutes there were 20 women swarming to the table and he's off getting lap dances While i actually didn't get any dances that day not that i haven't before but that day I didn't i was just chit-chatting with a girl it was really cool meanwhile he's gone for 30 minutes and i'm like look i better go check on him because i don't want him to get hustled out of every dollar he has and believe me i checked on him at the right time because when i checked on him it was two women that are like hey let's go to the atm and you know what are you oh, doing and I said, ladies, ladies, this guy's a friend of mine. So I'm going to have to come here and save him right now. All right. You know? And they realized <laughs> was in business so they just left. And then I told them, like, look, man, you don't you don't ever walk into a place like this and do three shots. OK, you don't even do one shot. You don't even drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and then you never, ever go to the ATM and pay 20 bucks to pull out cash. You bring in whatever you're prepared to spend. So let's say it's 200 bucks. You're like, you know what? I'm going to spend 200 bucks. Once you have spent that, you go. That's you're done. Yeah, you're done. Don't use your credit card. Don't even think about using your credit card for anything in here. Don't even yep. think about going to the ATM because you're just. And then he's like, "Oh, you're such a good friend," and this is that. You know, I ended up driving him back. <laughs> to the hotel. He's all good. So he had a good time, but I could tell it was going to escalate until to, to where he was about to get fleeced, and, and I'm not going to stand yeah. for that. I'm not going to let that. Especially,
0: go. it's it's two of them. Like, oh, it's double the fleece. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and he was barely. He was fairly lit (laughs) yeah he wasn't super super (coughs) drunk he was lit and obviously he's not going to be in the right state to make good decisions and also they're
0: tag teaming too so you know they're just like boom 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 so that didn't give him room to think you know
1: well the other problem is this is he like many guys who come into these places they've never seen women like what is in there where they come from okay I mean it's pretty much like going to the playboy mansion some of these places. Now, so they will walk in there, and it's fifty incredibly attractive women of all different nationalities who actually want to talk to you, that are actually happy to see you because they think you have money. Now, right. it's easy to not remember that last part, <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you're like, man, look at all, and, and go crazy. You know, I've seen guys lose shit in places like that they just go crazy hey like, man, it's like a
0: kid in a candy store man or a kid in yeah. a toy store more like it
1: they're having to pay for <laughs> yeah. that illusion whether they realize at the moment that it's an illusion because they're there they're like oh screw it and then they start trying to rationalize it well you know i'm in vegas so fuck it you know yeah. what, I
0: mean? what happens like, in like, vegas stays in vegas well guess what your credit card bill is not going to vegas it's coming to your house yeah, you know, you you know don't or a
1: thousand dollar credit card bill to explain to whoever's at home with you either you know assuming that <laughs> She like, looks at your credit card bills. Like, you weren't
0: you even smart enough to use a company credit card and write it off. You use your personal credit card right, <laughs> that,
1: right. that your wife
0: has access to. Smart guy. Yeah.
1: So I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. Those places can be fun, but you can get into a lot of trouble there. The real problem I have with strip clubs is not. I don't think it's immoral and I don't, there's no reason like that, that I don't think they should exist. I think it's perfectly okay that they exist as long as it's grown women that are choosing to be there. No one's being forced to be there at all. But there are situations of human trafficking where you have some Eastern European women who are basically forced to be there and you don't know that. They may not know that. Now they may seem like they're choosing to be there, but they have someone to answer to whenever they leave. So I'm not saying you're supporting human trafficking when you go to a strip club, but you might be. And you don't know, you don't know. That's the problem to my
0: and to my, it's funny that the same people that might complain about Amazon and Jeff Bezos having too much money and how they treat their workers will be the same people go to a strip club. Well, guess what? You think that club owner is treating his workers any better, right. you know, with their pay, you know, and their working conditions. No, it's basically so almost
1: with a lot of dark energy. If you ever take the time yeah. to talk to a, a woman that's worked in that line of work, or used to be in that line of work, or, or even still is, is they basically see the worst of men all night long. And they have to, <laughs> they have to somehow compartmentalize that dark energy and process in a way where it doesn't affect you, but that's nearly impossible. It's going to go right into your subconscious mind and it's going to percolate there, even when you're not thinking about it. So I think it's, 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 you're you're playing with fire. That's why a lot of women are not in that line of work for a long time, which is a good thing because you don't want to do that. Even if you could do it for 10, 15 years, you don't well, want- But just to.
0: think about it. You got to think about all the th- conditions that happen to you to make you mentally say to yourself, I'm going to do this 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 job. I'm going to go work in this industry. You know, so you already have some, most likely you have some thing, I I doubt if someone pretty much had everything kind of working their way, you know, and, and was going their way, just like family-wise, financially, whatever, that their first choice would be to go work in one of those places, go work in a strip club. So you've got most likely as someone that's working there, you've got your own ish going on. Then you come in there and, and you're already probably compartmentalizing and just really trying to just stuff whatever issues you're doing so you can get through the night and and make your money and, and take care of whatever you need to take care of. But then as you're just trying to stuff away your issues, here comes all these dudes. You're there five, six, seven, eight hour, an eight hour shift. You're taking on all this energy for eight hours straight. So you're there's a piece of them that you take home with you at that time. And all those stories start blending in. And next thing you know, it's just, you're dumping all that and you're mixing it with what you're, you know, you're packing inside as well. And it's not good, man. It is, it can't be good. No, it really can't. It's just, it's almost when you think about the stories you hear about a lot of active military or, you know, law enforcement, you know, it's, it's like homicide detectives. Cause I, you know, I have a really good friend who was, you know, in charge of like Houston, you know, the Houston DEA and, and also he was in charge of the homicide division for a while there And if you can see this guy, you can see everything. Like we talk about with Ty, we hear it in Ty's voice, what he's dealt with with Project Child Save. I hear it and see it in my friend's face, the stuff that he's seen and had to deal with by, you know, especially dealing with homicides. I mean, dude, it's just, like when he has to do private security, like at a nightclub, that's like to him, like a vacation. That's a good night because, you know, hopefully, you know, you don't have to deal with anything. At worst, hopefully, you have to just, you know, get some people and put them outside the club. Hopefully, they don't do some stupid stuff and you kick them out of the club, they go to their car and get their gun and try to come in and shoot the club. But like I said, most likely, you might have to break up a fight, you know, or break up a fight that never happens because it's two drunk people talking a lot of stuff. They bump each other, they're swinging. Nobody's may even making contact with each other, you know? So it's, that's a little inconvenient. But you know what? Compared to going to a homicide scene where you find the body of a child, you know, or something like that. Like, come on, man, you can't ever unsee that. You can't unsee that. And he's been on the force for, man, probably a good 30, 30 years, 30 years of that. Come on, man, you can't be right. And we've talked about that. I said, you know, you're not right. And the he goes, I know I'm not. So you can't be, you can't see all that. It's just so different than when we talk about like factory farms, You, I've, there are high cases of domestic abuse from factory farm workers. I've seen those reports. So I've seen that. How can it not be when you're sitting there and you're doing that day in and day out. And like I said, I just told you about the smell of death just by driving by one imagine working in there every day and you're constantly, you're doing this, you know, because that's your, you're just doing your job, you know, so can you imagine what the psyche is like for someone like that? That has to be in that position? Well, don't have to be, but chooses to be in that position. Think about it. You're not going to be, be right, man.
1: Imagine a therapist where your specialty is survivors. You're working with people that have oh, survived for child abuse. So he or she, that's all they hear all day long, five days a week. That, they, they need therapists too to deal with that. Yeah. Because, well, I was just about to say that you, you start having
0: a Sopranos episode where Dr. Melfi eventually, you know, had to get her own therapist, you know?
1: So uh, most, most therapists, I mean, it's not like I know most therapists, but the therapists I've spoken to generally have, they, they go to therapy as well, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they do. You know? <laughs> because it's not. It's just you got to go unload that stuff, man. Come on. Also, just <laughs> because they're a pro doesn't mean that they're not a person and that they don't need yeah, to talk, talk to someone Exactly. Too, you know? They can't just yeah like oh why can't they can't just analyze themselves? No one is really that great at analyzing. ask, to my,
0: ask me why doctors don't don't sit there and treat themselves? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do heart surgery on myself. Yeah. Or
0: you know, or why lawyers don't defend themselves? You know, like like the saying the saying goes, you know, the man that represents himself represents a fool. <laughs> so, you know, there are very few cases where that works out in their favor that way. But otherwise. No, because you you got to detach That's why you have a lot of. That's why you have a lot of doctors. You know, a lot of physicians. They can't treat loved ones or whatever because you can't separate. A lot of times they can't separate that. You know, the fact that that's a loved one and that's and that's a patient. You know, just like you know, cops or whatever. You're like a lot of times they have to take themselves off a case if they're connected to the person being investigated, or whatever. Because again, you get you a know, conflict of interest. So same thing is happening with a therapist. You can't sit there and diagnose yourself, whatever, because in your mind, you might tell yourself, I'm good. I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. Or you might be going full nuclear with it. You you start saying that you got all these other problems that you don't necessarily have because you've been taking in so many other people's problems. You start thinking that they're yours as well. And that may not even be the case for you. So again, there's always these extreme bookends on all these situations that you got to look at. So that's why it helps to have a friend to tell you, like, take a step back. You know, do you do you really think you know that's what's going on? Have you asked yourself this? See, so that's another good thing that Jordan didn't say. I'm gonna say, here's another good key aspect of a good friend. Also, a good friend asks the right questions. They help, they, they help, they help you gain perspective. They don't tell you what to do, but they make you, they 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 create a situation where you ask yourself okay. And I'm not talking about the ones that doubt you when you're trying to, when something positive is going on, or you got this dream that you want to pursue. And they're like, just because they've never done it, you know, all of a sudden they're questioning you and thinking like, Oh, do you really think that's a good idea? But let's just say, Hey, <laughs> Mike's like, look, man, I got, I got a hundred. I just got this new credit card. Let's go to the Spearman Rhino. And you know, let's just
1: fucking do it up. I'm like, you
0: really think that's a good idea? <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> that's what you want to do? Really? So, uh, if, if I did want to do that, I wouldn't bring it up to you. That's for sure. <laughs> I know what you would say. i be like, nah, nah. you feel like me and Ken. Like, hey, you want to go do that? Yeah. Oh, let's get sincere about it. No, 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 no. I already know. I, I would actually know exactly what you would say, in like the facial, fake, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> And I know people listen
0: like, well, damn, that's messed up, man. I said, no, y'all don't understand. He's doing me a favor by by not asking
1: me because I am because I don't know. I don't want to do that. Well, look, I, I have friends that are hunters, right? And they're not going to ask me to join one of their trips. Robbie, <laughs> right. <true>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> right. I shouldn't actually say friends, acquaintances. You know, I'm not good. Sure. Not, not that I didn't. Look, you know, if you're going to eat meat, that's the best way to do it. It's not that I want to partake or support that. But, you know, I get it from that perspective. Now, most of the time, you're not doing it for meat. You're just doing it because you like the sports. And then you have the meat as a consolation prize. But anyway, all that point aside, those people know not to ask whether I want to go do that. You know? Hey, man, we
0: should, hey, we should ask Mike if you want to go elk hunting.
1: <laughs> no nah, we
0: should not we should not <laughs> like i'm like why are we waste your time we already know what the
1: answer is going to be look i mean if i have a friend who's going to a barry manilow concert and has an extra ticket he's not going to ask me if i want to go <laughs> mind damn,
0: mine damn sure won't but you know what i have <laughs> oh god what was that fucking group oh my god it's like <laughs> it is the most mayonnaise bland ass group you could ever think of from the 70s of of yacht yacht what is that genre even called? It's like, uh, Yacht Rock. Oh my God, where's the group? Oh, Steely Dan. I had a friend who had an extra pair of Steely Dan tickets. And the first friend she wants to call to say, hey, would you like to join us? Was me. I'm like, have we met? <laughs> so, But she didn't want to like lose the tickets. Like, oh my gosh, like I don't want them to go to waste. I'm like, I know like one song. And I know how this is gonna. I know how this is gonna end. They're not gonna sing that song to the very end of the concert. So <laughs> yeah. she's like, "Look, what if I?" Blah, 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 blah. I was like, "And usually, and that this friend wants to hang out, wanted to hang out, something always would come up." So I was like, "You know what?" So of course, my wife, maybe let's just go. Let's just go. And then she's also like, "So we can also get it over with, you know?" Because this is the one friend hanging out with them one time a year is enough. Cause they're a bit much. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, but you, you're still friends with them though. So, you know, this, you gotta kind of like really pick your, your timing with them. Like, you know what, this is at a concert. So they'll be a little less annoying because there's other stuff going on. So fine, so be it. Yeah, it was everything I thought it would be. Yeah, that was, it was, wow. It was so boring. And I looked around at the audience, I looked at the crowd. I was like, okay. I'm like, it was like, it was like the reunion of deck shoes and white shorts above the knees, (laughs) polo shirts tucked inside the shorts. (laughs) It it was just so, I'm like, what, this is not my scene. If that's your scene, so be it. It wasn't mine. Okay. And so the last thing it was, was not, was a Godsmack concert, which is where I feel comfortable. Okay. (laughs) So, so, and don't get it twisted because trust me, I, I would feel the same way if I were at a little Uzi Vert or whatever little whatever is out these days, the baby, little baby, somebody's baby, two chains, eight chains, all those. I would still (laughs) feel the same way at that concert as I
1: would at a Steely Dan concert. I don't want to be here. (laughs) There's there's, a few things that are worse than being at a concert that you don't want to be at. You're you're not (laughs) music at all. You're not a fan at all. You're sitting there thinking, why am I here? That's not a fun feeling. What you should feel is, man, your heart starts beating fast when the, when the whole place goes dark and the curtains are about to come <clears throat> up. And the, they come open, yeah.
0: like, yeah, exactly. And you know, like, oh my God, like, okay, so this week, like, man, we're getting really back to normal. It's like about my first, we bought our first concert tickets of the year. And right. like my wife like, she's like, maybe she said, let me know if Chris Stapleton is ever coming to Houston. I said, I told you a few weeks ago. I said, cause I get, you know, I'm still on the list where I get stuff pre-sale. You know, and I get the code or whatever before they go and sell or whatever. And I told her, I don't think she was paying attention. And then she ended up coming across when he, um, he did a, a rendition of Nothing Compares to You by Prince. And then, uh, did he, um, uh, he was singing This is a Man's World by, um, James Brown. And then she was just reminded, she go, my, she's like, this dude is like a beast. She's like, if he ever comes to Houston, let me know. I said, he's coming. She go, what? I said, yeah. I said, but good luck for us finding tickets now. Cause I think that thing sold out the day of. And it just so happens though, so the good thing is you always have those, you know, those ticket companies, those little third party vendors that buy, buys the tickets in bulk. So luckily that, you know, there's enough of those around and it was legit because it actually was on the live nation website. So I know it wasn't bootleg tickets, which is also a need for, for crypto and for blockchains because you never have to deal with, you know, fake tickets or people overselling tickets for the same seat again, if you So people want to talk about like, you know, what's the benefits of like Bitcoin and blockchain or whatever. That's also one of those benefits because you never have to worry about fraud in those situations, even for a lot of artists or whatever, that's a whole different conversation. But that being said, so we end up getting tickets for Chris Stapleton, which I'm actually looking forward to that because you know why I, I I know from, from beginning to end, that concert is going to kick ass because this dude can sing his ass off, especially in, in, in live. So I'm going to, I'm, I wanted to see him the last couple of times that he came to Houston, but the last two times he came to Houston, he was at the rodeo, and I wasn't trying to do that. Trying,
1: <laughs> yeah, not trying to support trying to, that action, huh?
0: No, I wasn't trying to do that. For, on, multiple, on multiple levels. You know, I mean, just the song uh,
1: Fire Away, that's one of my favorite songs, period. It's one oh, of my favorite man. songs of all time. I love that song. It's so good. And the video is really good too. That guy's awesome. He's really good. Oh man! If he comes out here, I'm definitely going. I'm definitely- oh, he
0: is. Well, I thought about it. He is coming to Vegas. Um, go look on um, look on Live Nation site because I was thinking like, if it's sold out in Houston, what other cities would I want to go to? or want us to go to to go see him. Like, so the the Atlanta show was still had plenty of seats, and so I was like, okay, I'll actually drive to Atlanta. Um, and then um, <laughs> there was Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I kind of questioned that one. I'm like. Yeah, black dude that likes country music in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Hmm. It's going to be a little interesting, <laughs> you know. I, like, I don't think it's going to be a, a very mixed crowd there, whereas I know it'll be a mixed crowd um, here in Houston because they even play Chris Stapleton on the R&B stations out here. So they even play like, you know, Tennessee Whiskey was on the, like I said, the R&B station. So he has a very a big crossover crowd out here. So I saw Vegas and I thought about that. I was like, hmm, Okay. And I think that one, I don't know if it's going to be a Red Rock. It's at the Encore, isn't it? Encore or when? I have to go back and look again. Because, again, I was looking at venues, too, where he was playing. I'm like, okay, here's the one thing. The, the reason why I have a problem with the Houston venues because he's, you know, he's going to be at an outdoor theater, but it's in November. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can handle that. So Because usually all of our concerts happen in the summer. And it is always at the Woodlands, which is outside. I remember the last, the last time I saw Lenny Kravitz at the Woodlands. I remember it was so, it was pink opened up for him. By the time Lenny came on, it was so hot. The speakers blew out before he even started. It was just that hot. I was like, who thought this was a good idea to have a rock concert in the middle of July in Houston outside? What the hell? (laughs) And dude was sweating his ass. I'm like, this dude's from New York. He doesn't understand this kind of heat. (laughs) this is the devil's asshole that we live in. Like, come on, man. Only a certain type of people can actually come out here and survive and do an outdoor concert in the middle of summer. But yeah, man. So yeah, I was looking at that. So the venues, I, I remember the venues in Vegas were pretty cool at that time. And I think they're all happening in the fall as well. So, yeah, most yeah.
1: concerts are being promoted for the fall. For example, Madball and our friends in H Two O, Adam Blake. Oh yeah, I
0: just I got a notification they were coming. Oh, uh, I can't I wait. All-
1: that's gonna be that's gonna be on Fremont Street at I think it's the Fremont Country Club, and it's in the fall. That's gonna be awesome. I'm definitely going to that. And Brian Adams in the fall. So what most promoters are doing is they are basically covering their bets. They're, they're pushing it out a little bit. You know, the- yeah, they're, they're trying to see just
0: in case. Because right now, I put it like this. since I'll say since, let's say, in the very let's say April, <laughs> the first test of getting back out were Houston and, and parts of Florida. So you had the UFC did their live event in Florida. And uh, I'll take it back. No, WWE did um, WrestleMania. That was like the first big event that had crowds. That was in April. Then that following week, the UFC did a live event. I think they did it in either Florida or Houston. So then, once that happened, everybody kind of waited to start booking things for the summer. But of course, one of the first places they were booking Florida and Texas, right. so especially Houston. Like right now, we got the UFC coming right back here. Yeah, for the next yeah. pa- for the next pay per view, they were just here. Usually, it takes two years before they come back here again. You know, so. And then you've got WWE, which they're going to be live this, you know, at the time we're recording this, which is like, it's going to be the middle of, you know, the last, well, the middle of July. And then, you know, then they have um, a major pay-per-view in Fort Worth a couple of days later. And so, and then they're coming right back. So like I said, we were like the first, since we were the first states that were open Florida and Texas, everybody kind of used us as a, <clears throat> as a litmus test. And then once WWE started, um, once they booked those first live events here in Houston and in Fort Worth and in Austin or whatever, then all of a sudden you had 25 more cities that started booking the, their live pay-per-views, you know, and and their live um, their live TV shows, uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, right after that. So again, like you said, it was kind of like people want to kind of push it out and test it a little bit. And almost everything that's happening in the summer is usually happening right here in Texas and Florida and everybody else around the country. <clears throat> Is wait until like late August or September You kind of start doing things. So it's it's it's, it's interesting, but I really think people. Are, I think people are over it at this point. I'm like, no, even I, mean, I think I think if there's another variant that comes out and is even worse, I don't think people are going to give a shit <laughs> at this point. You well, know, I mean, so. we're
1: we're dealing with the Delta variant in Vegas, when our our hospitalization rates have gone way up. So there's there's concern for that. So I, I understand. I mean, I understand anyone's reservations with the vaccine. uh, Full disclosure, I got the Moderna vaccine recently, and I'll tell you why. Because I've had two life-threatening cases of pneumonia in my life, right? Both times Mm -hmm. I've had pneumonia, my respiratory system got fucked. So Mm -hmm. I want whatever protection i can get against covid because if i get covid if there's a really good chance it's gonna fuck up my respiratory system now someone like you you have a really good immune system you or your wife had covid you were around you were,
0: had- everybody who well, my entire yeah, my yeah. father-in-law you, everybody had it cool.
1: so i can understand you're saying look i don't need that shit and you're right you're probably right so it's just you. You just have to make that decision now. I would never shame someone into getting the vaccine or not. That's everyone. That should definitely be a personal choice. That shouldn't be yeah. something where people are knocking on your fucking door and trying to shame you into it. That's stupid. That's well, it, well, it's crazy. And also, they have I people. They actually sure. have
0: people going around doing that right now. Checking so they are going door, door to door. Yeah, but you know what? That, that idea came from our mayor. Everybody thinks that was Biden's idea. Our mayor had proposed that last summer, and he, they right. already said that they were going to start doing that in Houston. I was like. I was like, okay, so you're going to do that in Texas, a gun-friendly state? And now we just had some new laws passed starting September 1st, where now you don't even need a license. Like, you really want to put these people in danger like that by invading their, their, first of all, you're trespassing, like you're invading people's privacy. You're violating all types of HIPAA laws. And like, really, dude, it's like, here's the deal. At the end of the day, why are you pushing so hard for this thing? Okay, why? It should be someone's choice, Okay.
1: So, I, I don't know, man. I just, it should be just, so it's, much it's, choice, I agree with you. Now, the, here's the problem though. The people that are adamantly against it, the majority of those people probably should get the vaccine because they're not healthy at all. They drink too much, they have a shitty diet, they're overweight. You but know, guess what? That's, the vaccine
0: is not going to help them.
1: It's not even going to help them. Well, uh, <laughs> so. yeah, it's it's that's you know what? If if, if it doesn't help, if it, if there's anyone that's not going to help, it's probably that demographic. Exactly. <laughs> that's I'm just that's like valid, I'm, valid point
0: too. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, dude. It's like, no, they're they're focused on the wrong things. Like, I'm not getting that vaccine. Well, motherfucker, are you going to get a gym membership and use it? Well, that's <laughs> okay.
1: what I'm saying. You're not going to get the vaccine, which I perfectly understand. Believe me, I was on the fence for a long time. I researched the three options and out of the three, I felt Moderna was the safest and, and results have shown that to be the case. Johnson and Johnson is definitely not the safest and not Pfizer and Moderna. Are Pfizer, Moderna. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, I look, I got both shots. I didn't have any, I, I didn't have any side effects. The first shot, the second shot, I had a little bit of cold, uh, like this feeling of not cold sweat, but uh, like the chills for a little mm-hmm. bit that night. it wasn't that uncomfortable. It was gone the next day, fatigued for a couple of days. That's it. Now, I got it for reasons that I already expressed. Now, if someone else says, that's stupid, I'm not going to get it, I'm going to be like, fine, you know, don't get it. But you have to look at your own situation and decide if, yep. this, if that extra protection is worth it for you. Look, I've never gotten the flu shot either because I feel like, look, I'm healthy enough to fight that off, so why bother? It's, it's only 50% effective, and it's probably not going to be effective against the most aggressive strains, which are going to be the only ones they get through to me. But have, if, if anyone had experienced the pneumonia that I have experienced, you don't want to ever feel that way again. And I don't even want to think about getting those kind of symptoms. If I get, I, I'm not someone who's going, well, look, I'm healthy. I take care of myself. I'm doing everything right. I mean, that's all true. I am. But I'm also at risk because I've had You're serious pre, respiratory conditions. Yeah. So not once, but twice. So in my case, it made sense to, from, from the research I did and looked at. Now, like going back to your point, if you're not going to get it, which is perfectly fine, then you should take charge of your health. Don't be this person who's like, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to get it. And you're smoking cigarettes and you're drinking five drinks, which suppresses your immune system. Just one drink does. And people are having several every night. They're eating food that has no nutritional value whatsoever because you're going to be the kind of person that ends up on a respiratory, that then ends up on a respirator. That's really, that's yeah. a, if you're going to be that and you know, one. even
0: or you're not even, you know, you're not even supplementing, you know, with things that can help, you know, with your right. immune system. It's just like, right. I'm like, no, nah, dude, when this thing first kicked in, you know, even when Dr. Gordon first came on, even beyond that, I was just like, okay, what supplements can I take? Cause I'm, we don't know what this, I, I want to build a stronger enough immune system. That was even before there was even a vaccine or anything even talked about at that time. I'm just like, okay, how can I safeguard against this? madness you know because i'm like i said i'm like that even when if i'm going to a kid's party there's gonna be a bunch of little kids there which is germ central you're like dude i'm already kind of preparing myself for that (laughs) you know so even like if it's like one of my nieces and nephews and they're having a birthday party you know for the adults there might be alcohol there i'm not drinking i said well all these little petri dishes running around here spreading stuff hell no and this was before covid so now it's like oh hell no so just them going to school, when they went back to school, I'm like, oh God, now y'all back around the other little Jeremy, even new Jeremy kids, like, oh, here we go. So yeah, trust me, it's good to have some stuff around, you know, to build your immune system, but all this matters is going to overload it at this point. So you definitely want to, like I to said, take precautions to, to keep that, keep your immune system strong,
1: you know, and let it do its job, you know? So, but yeah. No, I was going to say, if, And if if for those people who don't want to get the vaccine, let's send it over to India where it actually can be helpful. Because right there, you have a situation where you've got millions of people on top of each other. Well, on
0: top of that, let's talk about these people who let's say let's talk about the healthy people who who don't necessarily need the vaccine, but they're still going to get it because they're hypochondriacs and they're fearful. You know, like, you know, somebody else who really needs that could be using that. Like, dude, you're you're pretty healthy.
1: You're you're like you're in your yeah, early twenties. Right. Like, there are situations where, like, look, like what India's dealing with, that's a very acute situation. So we don't have time to go. Okay, well, Let's let's just do this. Let's see how it plays out. I mean, you're gonna have millions of people die by the end of that. So if 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 this can mitigate even some of that, that's where it should be sent. Especially if there's a, a vast if there's, let's say, I don't know, 50 million, 100 million people here are like, look, I'm never going to take that. So don't bother. It's like, okay, fine. That's your choice. Let's send it over to places where they actually want to take it and where it actually may do some good. And like I said,
0: and basically here, it's your choice whether you do or you don't. And honestly, why why does it have to be a big to-do when you do or you don't do it? You know, just, hey, again, it's a personal choice. It's just like, hey, man, if you choose to when you're having sex you choose to wear a condom, then that's your business. If you don't, Hey, right. either, right. you know, you, there can be consequences either way, you know, and but it's your choice. And, it's, and I don't need to know, I don't need to know if you strap right. up if because I'm
1: not. And it's 95% effective. Then why do you care if someone else is you're, you're good, right? You know, exactly. Using, using this assumption that it's 95% effective now. So, so that's the other thing too is, if you're, if you're good to go, it's kind of like with the masks, when people would mask change yep. people. It's like, look, if you're wearing a mask, you're protected both ways. So what are you worried about? Why do you worry, What are you worried about? <laughs> on them. I, I saw a lot of people not wearing masks in certain areas, and I never would have thought of ratting them out or saying anything to them. That's their choice. And also, I was one of those people when, uh, like here they had a mask mandate where even if you're outside at a park, we want you to wear a mask. I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. A police officer is going to have to come up to me and tell me that I need to do that or he's going to arrest me because there's no fucking way I'm doing that. It's hot as fuck. It's outside. There's barely anyone near me. I'm not doing it. I go to someone's business where they're going to get fined if I don't wear it. Yeah, I'm going to do it out of respect to their business for sure. I'm not going to try to muscle my way in there, but outside fuck off time,
2: you know,
1: right? So I think some people just like to get they. you know, that this, those same people that love being tattletales in elementary school, you know, they, anytime they saw something going down, they couldn't wait to tell the administration, those people grow up, right? And they still have <laughs> right. So Now they're looking for things. And it's not just that. Now, one time we were, one time we did a staycation, Carol and I did a staycation. We're gone for two nights. And one of our dogs, Raina, she's, she can be very hyper with strangers and she can be somewhat of an alarmist. She barks a lot and all that. Now, our pet sitter knew how to handle Reina, meaning she could get her outside and get her back inside the house with no problem. And that, that was the only issue I was concerned about. If she's going to bark up a storm a few times during these visits, no big thing. That's just her being her. But one of our fucking neighbors, whose name, if it's not Karen, it should be, because that's exactly <laughs> what she is, she actually had the audacity to come over here and accost my pet sitter saying, you know, uh, you're this dog is making a big ruckus and it's 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 rooms it's it's room for removal or it's a case for removal i was like i was like i wish i was here and she came over and said that to me she would have left crying man i'd be like fucking it's like look you can send over whoever you want to take my dog but don't send anyone that you want back know, that's all i'm gonna say about <laughs> that someone comes over here and tries to take my dog i'm not gonna be like oh yeah sure here she is just let me let me go ahead and put her on a leash fuck that shit Number one, it's not grounds for removal. And number two, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like she was outside barking all night. She was outside for two minutes barking when the, when the pet sitter came over to use the bathroom and all that. Then she's back inside the house, not barking. It's not sitting around barking all night inside the house. So just find something better to do with your time. You know, why do you have so much time on your hands that this is what you choose to do with it? This is the same person where if there's a branch from one of our trees growing into her house, she has to report it to the HOA. You no, know, that kind of mentality yeah a fucking branch all right it's organic material big deal <laughs> but but that's what you opinion. get you a hoity-toity or a wannabe hoity-toity neighborhood because frankly i you don't know. think people in this neighborhood are wealthy enough to qualify as hoity-toity <laughs> but they sure <laughs> think that's for sure I was about to pull the race card. Too. You know what? I haven't pulled the race card yet, but I'm going to at some point. I just, just for fun. And because they don't know what I am. And even like, look, it would be funny if I said, look, you know, why are you guys harassing us? Because me and my wife are black. Now they're going to look at me and say, Are <laughs> oh, you're not black. And then I could be like, oh, really? I'm not black, huh? I'm not black enough. You, you know? It's like, what are you trying to say? I'm lying? You know, you can get rid of you. My friend Jarvis, who, who I would count as one of my few friends on this list, you know, he's a black guy, police officer in my old neighborhood. Now, when he first bought his house, you know, he moved in. He got a letter from the HOA over something. And just for fun, he called them up. And he's like, why are you sending me this letter? Because I'm black? You know? and, and the lady on the other end is like, no, 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 no. Like buttery, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, man. just having so fun with that shit. Oh, you know what? People like, yeah. you shouldn't use the race card. It's like, yeah, you should. If you're dealing with the HOA, you, should, you, should it all day long. you shouldn't hesitate, okay? Because nothing will get someone to back the fuck off faster than that.
0: Yeah, they're like, we don't want those kind of problems. <laughs>
1: they're like, we don't want those kind of people in our neighborhood, but because they're there, we don't want kind of problems. You know That's right.
0: I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's my, Yeah, you won't turn it into a them situation. If anybody's watched that show, <laughs> you want to see you want to see the origins of the HOA watch them on um on Amazon Prime <laughs> crazy crazy <laughs> show crazy show it was how Compton was before Compton was the Compton we know Compton as <laughs> okay so so yeah there's some research for you there's some homework go watch them and then take a look at your HOA and re- and ask yourself are you becoming one of them
1: okay <laughs> Now, first of all, let me so, tell you what I am. I'm, when I'm inside my house, I'm not looking out the window at anything my neighbors are doing. All right. Because I don't care what they're doing. Unless I feel like, you know, I hear someone get shot or something. I'm like, all right, I better, I better call the police <laughs> and, you and know, see what's going on over here. But besides that, mm-hmm. if someone's out there and they seem like they're in distress, yeah, sure, I'm going to be concerned because I don't want to hear people in distress when I can help them out. But besides that, I mind my own business, like like you said. Your golden rules: mind your own business and don't be a dick. Now, those are pretty right. good rules to follow. <laughs> <at all. laughs> now, you can't go wrong following those two rules. You know?
0: Exactly.
1: And you the third one, and don't send anyone a pick at your dick, neither. Right? <laughs> 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 That's a good add-on.
0: You know? <laughs> uh, so, so very good accessory accessory to have right there. Like, yeah, on, no dick pics. <laughs> ever, 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 <laughs> even if it is solicited, don't, don't, don't entertain them. It's a setup.
1: You don't, you don't want pictures of your dick out there in cyberspace.
0: No, no, because once it gets like- out there, it's <laughs> never coming back. It's yeah. out there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you you really want your dick just to be out
1: there
0: irresponsibly?
1: I like that 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 post you said about. I'm pretty sure you said it to me about. Hey, look, guys, you guys are ruining dick scarcity. You know, there's too yes (laughs) out there circulating. The value
0: is going down, man.
1: Causing inflation.
0: (laughs) It's like the supply and demand. It's like it's it's too many. It's too much. It's too many dicks on the market right now. The value is so down right now. (laughs) Uh
1: Stop. Well, you know, some, thing women, up. some women, unfortunately, are taking a page from these guys and sending unsolicited snatch pics. Now, that, that may sound like something fun to receive, but having been on the receiving end of that a few times, you know, <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What uh, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: usually usually, a snatch given, a picture of a snatch being sent out freely like that is probably not one you would have requested in the first place. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's just kind of weird that that's what someone leads with. It's like, okay, well, where do we go from here?
0: You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, now someone. Well, that just happened. Now what?
1: should <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least build up to this. But, you know, I like a nice. Build up, okay? <laughs> or, or,
0: more like, oh, that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. That's what this come down to.
1: <laughs> like, save, th- save that for your OnlyFans page. I mean, all right, get, <laughs> come on, your
0: Only back. Fan. Okay, at this point, I was
1: watching this ABC special on OnlyFans, and it was profiling a couple of different people. One guy was basically a bodybuilder type dude. He actually films his entire workouts, and people pay to watch it, either live or yeah. on demand. And then, and then he sends these homoerotic-type pictures as well, right, where it's, he's not showing his junk, but he's as close as he can be to doing so. And this right. guy makes pretty good money doing that. Now, obviously, the women who were doing it were making a ton of money. I, I, would, I would imagine the, the, the top earners on OnlyFans are women, which should be obvious yeah. because most of the guys paying to be on OnlyFans are probably guys, you know, not a bunch of women, <laughs> even with the guys that are putting up their photos or especially <laughs> now, this one lady, she started off with just a picture of her ass and she, she got a lot she made a couple hundred bucks. So she's like, oh, fuck it. You know, it started escalating from there. It right. got to a point where now she's filming sex with her boyfriend. She filmed a fucking threesome with her boyfriend. And I was like, oh boy, you know, there's no, there's no bottom of the barrel to where this can go. You know, who knows what's <laughs> that. next could be her taking a shit, you know, or taking a shit on someone. there's a
0: a market out there for there's a fetish out there for for everyone
1: because she's getting comfortable right like she wouldn't have been comfortable posting a a video of a threesome right out of the gate but she was comfortable posting a picture of her ass without her face and then it escalated from there now i'm not saying any of this is right or wrong but what i am saying is that you're dealing with dark energy negative energy (laughs) and you're you're humiliating yourself to make money those are just facts now, that's your choice to do so, but let's call it what it is.
0: You, you deal with people who, like, pretty much, a not, well, basically, whatever it is that they're asked for is never going to be enough. They're insatiable. So even if you just get to the point of like, okay, we're ending with just a threesome with the boyfriend, let, they're going to always, in order to keep those fans and to keep that income, you know, because you fall into that trap now, you're going to always have to up the ante. To keep them interested, otherwise they're going to get bored and they're going to go and, oh, well, so and so does that too. And uh, at least they're new. I've, I haven't seen them before and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have a, I have a goat skull over here. Goat skull? Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, I'm intrigued, you know, because these people are already weird. They're like, wait, what are you going to do with that? You know, <laughs> and so they go there and then you just constantly, just, you got to keep up in the ante, you know, eventually until you have nothing left besides, unless you're about to go into full full snuff mode, you know, and then you can't do that on OnlyFans.
1: Yeah, I mean, OnlyFans was good for a lot of strippers during the shutdown, the pandemic, yeah. because it was a way for them to parlay that skill set into something but else. They... Some, of them, some of them are still doing it. They're, they're like, you know, yeah. I'm not going back. I can just film myself doing whatever in my bedroom. And, that's that's better than being with
0: safer. Yeah. hands
1: all over me at a club. Right. They can do it in the privacy of their home, and then they decide how much they want to reveal, what they want to do. Yep. You know, no one's forcing them to do any of this stuff. They're deciding whether the, what they're comfortable with, and, that, and that's someone's choice, man. You know, I, I never tell people what what they should or shouldn't do, as long as they're not hurting other people and animals. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: no, no kids, no yeah, forcing. No, other, no don't forcing an adults and leave animals out of it. You just no,
1: no, no one forced. Period, especially consenting it. adults. No animals being harmed. No kids being harmed. No one being harmed. Period. Fine, go do your thing. I don't care.
0: None of my business, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's none of my business. And if I get you to stop doing it, so what? You know, what's that doing?
0: Right. (laughs) There'll be another one after you. Just because you choose to stop, somebody else will do it.
1: No, there are people that are genuinely in need of help, and they're asking for it. I'd rather focus on those people, such as this orphanage in Uganda. And we got... Patrick is a young guy. He's 26 years old. He started this orphanage. He actually started taking care of orphans when he was 18 because he's an orphan himself. And he's just a very selfless guy with a great heart, golden heart. So he's taking care of 18 kids relying on donations and they're looking to do to to provide the most, what we would think simplistic of necessities, such as clean water, which a lot of us take for granted. So they needed to raise money to build a well, Long story short, we did a GoFundMe page. We raised that money in a couple of days. You donated Sincere. I donated. A lot of people we know that are great people donated. Yep. One guy in particular, I want to give a shout out to Tim Backman. And he's one of my clients and friends, customers. I've known this guy for a long time. Great guy. And he donated $4,000. Wow. Put us way over that $6,000 mark. So not only is that more than enough to cover the well, it's going to go to food to help give these kids food, to get more clothes in their back, to develop this orphanage, to modernize it, because that's something else Patrick's trying to do where they modernize this whole orphanage where it's a really nice place to stay and the kids are safe and they're able to have access to school and stuff like that. So that that money is going to do a lot of good. He should feel really, that's very generous of him to donate, but he should also feel really good about where that money is going to go. It's not going to Patrick's, it's not going to his retirement fund or his vacation fund. It's going to help these kids. And what's cool is he documents everything he does on Instagram. If you look at his stories and his posts, now people are like, how do you know for sure it's not a scam? Like, look, we don't know for sure anything is not a scam. You know, We don't know for sure that, that Ty Ritter and his team go out there and do what they say they do, rescuing kids. But it's highly likely that they do. None of us have been on that mission. So we don't know for sure. But if you listen to him talk on any of the episodes we've done with him, he's either the best liar of all time or he's genuinely doing what he's doing. You know, I prefer to believe the latter because you can hear it in his voice. Melia Kaplan, same thing. Look, look we don't know for sure the pilot on the plane is mentally sound. We have to have a level of trust, though, you know, when we do certain things in life.
0: Right. Making sure you don't have a Denzel from that movie Flight.
1: <laughs> I guarantee sure you all course. of us have been on a... Look, especially as many times as I've been on a plane... You know, have been, been
0: sleep plane, deprived or maybe a little hungover yeah, from the night before?
1: All those times, there was one time where the pilot was questionable whether he or she was going to get us to our destination, was up for debate. I guarantee you, at least once that's happened.
0: I, I guarantee we you... That where we to get to. Yeah. Exactly. We can thank autopilot, you know, for getting us <laughs> there. <laughs> so so yeah man something about that trust (laughs) so that we're not even thinking about it I think think
1: if I posted some of the message exchanges that Patrick and I had and I did that not to pat myself on the back like oh what a great guy Mike is helping this out I wanted people to see his social proof yeah Yeah. social proof like I said he could be full of shit too look I mean good hustlers are they're good for a reason you don't know they're hustling you that's what makes them good hustlers but I think this is—I I think this is a situation where we can rest easy, knowing that we're doing some good. And if it turns out that we're not, I will personally get on a plane and go to Uganda and beat out of
0: that. <laughs> and <whoop>
1: his ass. <laughs> I will personally do that, and I will document it. I will film.
0: It. <laughs> oh man! I—I hey, I want you to end up in a Ugandan prison, man. That does not sound like a a good vacation.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no.
0: Ending up in any African prison does not sound like a good time.
1: No, definitely not.
0: Especially especially with all that's going on over there right now.
1: But I mean, when when you look at someone like Ty Ritter's history, this is a field he's been in for a long time. He wrote that book about educating parents on-
0: Yeah, My my Body's My Own.
1: Kids from traffickers. Yeah, my what's called My Body, My- My Body's My Own. My body's my own. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've read that book. It's a dark read, but it's, a yeah, it's dark read. It's dark. but it's one of those books you read once. It's not, it's not, it's not a book that a con artist is going to put together because it takes right. way too much time. And you have to know a lot about what goes on here to be able to put together a book like that. And then when yeah. you watch Ty in any interview, he's not all smiling and full of shit. Like, Hey, hey we just, the of,
0: you know, like, Hey, call all the celebrities on stage. And, you know, right. it seems like a nice, it seems like a pre Oscar party. Exactly. You know, or, or that guy
1: the- who has swam in the darkness of life and lived to tell about it—that's what you get when you talk to him. So, I mean, if if someone wants to choose to believe that he's not authentic, you know, there isn't anything I can do about that. But out of all the conversations we've had with him, you know, you can hear the weight of what he has done for the last several decades. You can hear the burden it has taken on him. And when you talk to Melia Kaplan, you can hear the passion in her voice. Now, that shit's not fabricated. You that's not something where she's going into character. You can see it. You know when I, the first time I met her, I knew this lady was legit. I was like, this lady's definitely legit. And if she isn't, she's either the best liar. She should be an actress because she would. Yeah, be she missed her award. calling. You know? <laughs> yeah, she would be an Academy Award-winning actress. She's a guy who saw a pit bull getting beat and she jumped out of her car on fucking Lincoln Boulevard in Santa Monica, pushed this guy out of the way, grabbed the dog, took off. That's who she is. That's what she's dedicated to doing. She's not someone who's like, oh, this is terrible. You know, Let me call somebody and report this. Her instinct was, I need to go save that dog from the harm that's being inflicted on him right now. And she did. So, I mean, those are the kind of people I want to support. And fortunately, there's people like that out there. They're not always easy to find. That's why when I find them, I let everybody know you and celebrate you know, them. a lot of people trust me. So they're going, well, look, if Mike says this is legit, then it's gotta be, And you know, a lot of people put their, and I don't take that kind of trust lightly either, which is why I don't just recommend everything that I donate to. I have to do my due diligence and make sure it's on the level before I spread anything out there.
0: Mm-hmm. So perfect. So yeah, definitely go check out Patrick's page. Um, I'm gonna let you say the IG page this time, so I don't butcher it up.
1: <laughs> well, let me find it first because it's, not, <laughs> it's definitely not something that's burned in my memory. It's a mouthful. <laughs> okay, here we go. Patrick cares kids home. Now, some of the, some of the so, exchanges we've had are funny because let me see if I can find one because his English is not perfect. So So look at it like
0: this, people. So since you can't put a comma in, you know, an IG handle, so it's Patrick Cares. Patrick Cares is the name of the kids' home.
1: Okay. Now here's a funny exchange. When actually, when we were up to thirty six hundred bucks, I said, "Hey, good morning. We're up to thirty six hundred bucks." I see my customer and friend Tim Backman donated two grand. He ended up donating another two thousand dollars, as if that wasn't enough. A few days later, so very, very generous. His daughter's awesome, too. When his daughter was 11 years old, she had a birthday party. And when people asked her what she wanted for gifts, she said she wanted people to make a donation so that she could donate it all to the elephant sanctuary to help elephants. Now, that's the awesome. kind of that, that she had at 11 years old. And that obviously trips down from the top because her father is a yeah. great, very generous. Now, well, here's what Patrick said. Oh, thank you, brother, for your kindness. And call always when we need you. <laughs> I thought I thought that was Harry. Hey, when we mute you, make sure to call us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Obviously, there's a little bit of lost in translation there. Yeah, but uh, he was this guy's just on cloud nine, man. He was so happy. He said he can't stop crying. He's he. This is amazing. What everyone's doing to help out, and so I mean, everyone who made a donation that listens, thanks a lot. I don't I don't care if you donated five thousand bucks. You did. I mean, five bucks. uh, I saw one person donate five bucks. I was going great. You didn't have to do it. You could have just looked at this and just kept it moving. But look, I mean, if a thousand people donated five bucks, then someone like Tim wouldn't have felt compelled to donate 2000 bucks. So it's a lot of people can do a little bit, but when a lot of people don't do a little bit, it's nice to see a few people really stepping up. (laughs) And that's what we saw here, especially in Tim's case, but it was awesome. man. we got, we got the goal. We got over that. These kids are being helped. The well's going to be built. There'll be updates on his Instagram page. He, he asked me to tell everyone to make sure that they follow him on Instagram so that they can see all the updates as they materialize.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, folks, make sure you go check that out. Still not too late to donate. And just, see, just take a look at all the pictures, man. And look at all the good that he's doing. So you're not just going to be sitting in the middle of Uganda. Uh, you're not going to sit in the middle of Uganda staging photos like that,
1: okay? <laughs> no, no, no. Let me take a look at... What what the scams have been are people like basically someone stealing oh. Patrick's identity and saying they're him. Oh, I know. And, I know. Oh, yeah. Donate to my charity, and he's taking pictures from Patrick's page. And posting yeah, they, they
0: Yeah, they do what? that, and you you see people That's- doing that. Also, like with like crypto, like influencers or something like that, they'll come in and and they'll they'll take these people who will, like have these podcasts, you know. And these people don't ask for anything. They're sharing information. These people come along and they'll create these YouTube channels and these, these accounts on IG, take photos from these people's accounts. And say, Hey, if you donate to this, I'll, you know, I'm going to use it for blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I'll do this. And all, all these scammers. So one way is always check the comments and because it's not like, it's not like, I mean, in the comments, that's usually where you find the scammers. You know, you'll see these, these bots automatically when they pick up one keyword, they start posting on there or whatever. But another thing is when you actually go to, you see these other accounts, I mean, just look at them, man. Sometimes look at their follow count. Can you tell you everything you need to know if they're following like 25,000 people and they only have three followers? that's scam. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Okay. That, yeah. That's,
0: that's unbalanced. That's very unbalanced. Okay. Absolutely. Um, pre- and then let's just say, you know, you sit there, they have an account and they only have like 12 pictures on there. And then, but then you see another account with the same 12 pictures, but th- that account has about 400 pictures. I'm pretty sure the one with 400 pictures is the one that's legit.
1: Okay. And then they haven't made an update in three months. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and also and then, you that don't use Instagram, which is probably a good percentage of people, friends of of friendsofpcu.com. friendsofpcu.com. That gets you to Patrick's website. I think the GoFundMe page has been discontinued now because they want to take the funds and put it right into the well. So that I don't think you can right. donate there anymore. But you can donate to this website if you want to help get food for the kids, help them with clothes. And honestly, if, if, you, donate, if you donate 10 25 bucks a month, that, that actually goes a long way in that part of the country. That feeds a bunch oh, of kids. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to break the bank. Like, oh, you know, I want to donate five hundred bucks, but I don't have it. That's okay. You don't have to donate that much. Donate five dollars. Donate something that you're not going to miss. That's not going to stress you out or put or 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 maybe you're dealing with stress now, and it's gonna. This is just going to be one more thing that you're stressed out about. Look, don't do that. You know, don't put yourself in a bad situation to make a donation. But if you can donate five dollars, ten dollars, that goes a long way, especially if you're doing it every month.
0: Exactly. So don't shortchange yourself. So yeah, I think it's a good place to wrap this up, man. Right I think there. so. On a positive, positive note. So we talked about friends and we talked about a new friend who's doing a lot for some kids will probably look at him as being their friend for life for the things that he's well, doing. Well, I want to
1: have him on the show and he wants to come oh. on. So we just got to oh, that'd see. be great. Yeah, if we can the only problem is is a yeah. reliable internet connection. So we'll see if we can get that worked out then. We'll definitely have him on. And I think when people hear the sincerity in his voice, that's gonna go a long way too
0: yeah big time big time all right all right folks there you have it so make sure you keep sharing these episodes and keep subscribing and liking and all that good stuff and then uh what we're gonna do we'll catch you on the next episode so all right take care everybody that wraps up this week's live life aggressively show Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressive Show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLAPodcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving patron only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media, on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.